This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are going to be talking about our final week of Wet Boys. We're going to recap the NBA Finals. Warriors win in a sweep. And then we are jumping into our Mock Draft 6.0. Full two rounds with trades. We got it for you here on this week of the Fast Break. And thankfully, guys, we are recording <laughs> on June 9th. As we know it as 6-9, so the best day of the year. Uh, anyways, <laughs> before we jump into the final stock, before we jump into the Mock Draft 6.0, we do want to give you guys a little bit of something, a little bit of housekeeping. Check out patreon.com slash podcast. We're going to have Zani on next week. We're mm-hmm. super excited. If you want to be a patron like Zani, like Jake, like all the guys that have called into the Fast Break, the Onside Kick, the Patreon podcast as well, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Also, don't forget to check out uh, mostvaluablepodcast.com if you want to help support us that way. Buy a shirt, you know, check out some articles, find everything that we post on one site. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate us five stars. It helps and it, it really pushes us forward, gets us out in the open more. So if you want to help us that way, rate us five stars, not only the Fast Break Podcast, but also the Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, and a graphic conversation is also yep. on yeah. uh, uh, on iTunes, so don't forget to check that out. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, huge shout out to you. And if you're listening on YouTube, what's up? We're gonna have either the full two plus hour podcast oh, that you're watching right go now, long. or yeah. the does, first segment, which is what. If this boys. doesn't hit three hours, I will be very upset with myself. Well, I don't know what to that. try. <laughs> I don't know. And that. it's gonna be a fun podcast. But boys, let's jump into it. We are talking about the soggiest of shooters, the dampest of dudes, the moistest of men for the final time this year. The Warriors sweep the Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. I wish we had it to where we can just get one shining moment with clips of all the wet boys from the year. <laughs> That'd be so good. Get on that, editor. editor. Yeah, come on, editor. Uh, but anyways, uh, we were talking about the dampest of dudes for the final time. Ricky, start mm-hmm. us off with one of the soggiest shooters in, uh, in, in NBA history. The soggiest, and that is Steph Curry. I mean, for this one, you know me. My trend has been one game Ricky. That's what I give my wet boy for. And although Steph did show up a little bit in game four, Game two won him this wet boy this week. I mean, what was it? Nine or ten threes breaking the record that Ray Allen held. And then he did in Ray Allen fashion exactly what Ray Allen did when he broke the record. Went 0 for 9 from 3 the next game. So, Steph, I know he had that one bad game. I'm wiping it off. I'm saying, you know what, everyone gets one. Game two was really good. Steph, wet mm. boy of the week. Well, and we're just talking about soggy shooters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's like yeah, maybe. I think he's the soggiest. I think he's seven three point uh, three pointers made mm-hmm. from uh, from Ray Allen's all time record in the playoffs. Um, Steph has three hundred and seventy eight. Ray Allen has three hundred and eighty five. Um, so do that math. What is that? That's uh, eight away. He's yeah. eight away. So he'll for, break for it doing next year. But he's going to break the finals year. record um, for three pointers yeah. in the finals. Yes, but here's the thing: Ray Allen played one hundred and seventy one playoff games. Steph hasn't even had one hundred. Yeah, got ninety. <laughs> Insane what Steph Curry can do. Oh, Dave, you have uh, you know kind of the mainstream pick, I guess. This I week. mean, I'm, I'm going with the obvious one here: mm-hmm. the MVP of the series, the MVP of the playoffs, really for the Golden State Warriors and Kevin Durant. You know, he's just out there being a seven footer who shoots better than everyone else in the NBA. I can't help the fact that he can pull up from anywhere he fucking wants I and lo- just drop it in over I anybody lo- what, else in the league. The shot you game said, three. you said during what was it, game three? He's yeah. a machine. I'm like. He, he just anywhere. It's like it back, it was, back, turn, pop. It in. was it was literally that that shot in game three that he hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like all right that that we all knew LeBron was gone. 
That, that shot was like, all right, LeBron's gone. Well, right. And, and made, the, the series wasn't even over. The game wasn't even over. What yet. made that down better six. was LeBron's comment after the game. They asked him about it, and he goes, oh, no, that was a far. He was about five feet. He was five feet further than the than last, was year. last year. It was insane. It was <laughs> I just any, don't it, understand. Nothing but net. He was an absolute monster mm-hmm. in game three. He, he's an absolute monster in every game. The man almost averaged a triple-double while being the most efficient shooter in the playoffs. And some people say he's the best player in the NBA right now. I disagree. I still think it's LeBron. And some people yeah. are saying this is an excuse. But LeBron did hurt his hand. Yep. His mm-hmm. right hand uh, after punching a, a whiteboard who wouldn't <laughs> um, after game one. Mm-hmm. But again, you, you look at this, and, and it's not really about who's better, but you just have to credit KD Here's, because he is yeah. an all-time great. He and might I, not be the greatest player out of this generation, but he is definitely one it, of them. And, and I mentioned this yeah. to Dave yesterday. I want to ask you personally. Yeah. When we had that segment with Jake and all of us had LeBron above Durant, you made the statement of going LeBron and then a huge gap and then Durant. I agree. Is that gap smaller no, than what you thought it was, it was? One game. I mean, yes, he showed what he can do in one game. It was on saying, the biggest stage. Yes, the gap is but, there, but okay. is it as big as you thought it was? But who had the better game? If we're talking mm-hmm. about better game, in LeBron's one game one. Performance, yeah. yeah, LeBron's game one was better than KD's game three. But if you look at the averages throughout the series, they're not too far apart. That's <laughs> but, all I'm but saying. But also, LeBron did have a broken hand. Yeah, well, so, LeBron I mean, did that again, I'm not trying to take away what <laughs> Golden State. So how smart is the smart? How smart is the best player? <laughs> I'm in the not league. trying to take away what Golden State and, and Kevin Durant did. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to do that. But, I, but again, I'm just saying, if Kevin Durant plays till he's like 40, he's going to be the leading scorer in the NBA history. Like, right, he's I'm, just going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to finish up Wet Boys. I'm going to give my Wet Boy, and then yeah. we're going to talk about the yeah. NBA Finals. <laughs> uh, Sean Livingston's my Wet Boy. First time Peoria kid. We got to end it right. We got to oh, end it. Yeah, yeah, Illinois I see where it's coming from. Sean Livingston, one of the the worst injuries I've ever seen in my life. He's bounced back. He's been absolutely fantastic for the Warriors in this in this run where they've won three titles in four years. Um, in the f- last three games, seven points per game, three total rebounds, uh, one assist per game, but the biggest thing, 82% from the field, mm-hmm. 100% from the line. He was absolutely automatic this series. He wasn't a massive contributor like he has been before, but he was giving solid minutes, quality minutes, just like him, JaVale McGee were. Um, also, you got to give a shout-out to uh, Andre Iguodala as well. Him coming in uh, really helped just secure those victories for the Warriors. Uh, so shout out to Sean Livingston, uh, Peoria boy. Um, so we got to represent Illinois here. But again, let's look at this this NBA Finals. Let's, let's just briefly dive into it because I don't really want to make this about any excuses for the Cavs. Was this one of LeBron's worst teams that he took in the, taking to the Finals? Yes. Was LeBron absolutely fun, you know, per, you know, great throughout this whole playoff series? Yes. Did the Cavs, I think, on, on the series outside of LeBron shoot 36 from the field and 28 from three outside of LeBron's totals as a team? Yes. But Golden State was absolutely great this, this series. And the worst game they played was game one. And you looked at overtime and you looked at that third quarter. You just saw that Golden State was still the better team. Cleveland just had more momentum. And it wasn't until that momentum switched on that JR mishap where mm-hmm. Golden State took over. And we said it, I think, on this podcast where we said you know, Golden State, it's, it's going to be absolutely tough for Cleveland to come back and win this. I think we said there's a possibility of Cleveland taking to six or seven, but I think all of us took Golden State in five or four. Yeah. Well, and like my biggest thing doesn't even have to, like, I don't even care about the, oh, is this LeBron's best team that he has and all that. Or like, yeah, the Warriors were good, or yeah, worse is what I meant. The thing that sticks in my mind is, and everyone kind of has almost the same thing. I feel like this was game four just in itself, the worst way to end the year. I rather have had it, even if it was a blowout, I rather have had it where you felt like the Cavs and LeBron put everything on the floor, laid everything out there, although they got swept. Where Mm -hmm. in this one, it's like you look at it after halftime and it's like, 
Really? LeBron and that Cavs team basically said, I'm phoning it in. Like, why do I, like Stephen A. said, the great mm -hmm. line of, I want to thank the Cavs for not making me have to (laughs) schedule a connecting flight to, like, San Francisco just to get beat in Game 5. That that KD dagger was literally a dagger, Mm -hmm. not only for that game in Game 3, but also for that series. Like I said, Warriors in 3, man. It was so dirty. (laughs) No, no, and to be fair, like, I want to give the credit to the team because Mm -hmm. they were close games. I know Mm -hmm. it was a sweep. Well, outside of Game 4, they were close. Yeah, outside of Game 4. Like, the first three games, we actually got a good series out of three three out of the four games. Mm Mm-hmm. And to, like, but they to just, their credit. But they just gave up in the end. Like, that's the huh. thing that sticks with me. It's like, that game four was well, like, they I were ra- down 20. It was like, I'd well, rather wait. it have been like game three or even game two where it's like, yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, they got blown out. But I felt like they gave everything out on the court and didn't leave anything. I know people are going to bash LeBron for that and be like, mm-hmm. how can he be the GOAT? This isn't for the GOAT d- discussion, but it's like. It's just in general. But, but, it's just, but, but how, what are you supposed to do? Like, I mean, you, you've done everything you could mm-hmm. for four games, your hands hurting, and, you know, you just see KD, Steph, lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, there was nothing they could do. I think I think that's just something where, you know, you're just getting beat over and over again, and you're like, all right, I'm going to sit in the corner now. Like, I'm <laughs> sick of this. I want this game to be over with. Like, I, I like honestly, like, it, it's something where I think we have to credit Golden State more than take away from, mm-hmm. from what LeBron James and the Cavs did. Because Golden State, I, I mean, th- this is going to be an argument that we have now. Not really, is LeBron the best player of all time, but is this the greatest team we've ever seen? Is this better than the Bulls dynasty of the 90s? Is I this better than the Lakers? I think you have that argument dynasty of the 2000s this is better than the celtics dynasty of the 80s uh bad boy pistons uh showtime lakers mm-hmm. uh, is it better than those teams or even the, the 60s celtics um, right. with bill russell i mean like which team is now up there golden state winning three and four clearly is, is in that discussion and i would say they're probably in the top three you'd probably throw in you know the the, the 90s bulls and then mm-hmm. i would probably even throw in the 80s celtics showtime lakers or the 60s celtics but i mean phenomenal what what the golden state's been able mm-hmm. to do over the past three years and they're still going to stay strong clay's going to be back he's saying he's willing to take a pay cut kd saying he's resigning steph's already i think they got to lock him up again or no they just locked they him did. up. um and, and draymond's around so i mean they have the four guys they're still going to be able to put players around them like nick young mm-hmm. like uh javel mcgee like you know sean livingston like andre Iguodala. they're going to be able to supplant those four with talent this team might be able to win five championships in six years. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous what this team's able to do. And you're going to need to see what the rest of the NBA needs to do to take down this team well, rather than what the team you know needs to do to keep it, up this performance. And I know we're not getting into it. We'll save it for later, but I'm not going to I'm going to mention now what the rest of the NBA is going to do, what LeBron James is going to do. Because virtually his decision yeah. will impact what this dynasty is. But I mean, to be fair, like the Rockets were one incredibly mm-hmm. unlucky mm-hmm. streak away from, from knocking them out. In six, yeah, yeah. and then but seven. I mean, and like, on the other side, the Cavs were a Pacers game seven and a Celtics game seven from not making it at no, all but either. Nobody gives a fuck about the Cavs. <laughs> no, right I know. Now. The point <laughs> is, the dynasty that yeah. is the Warriors. Almost got beat is, by CP3 yeah. they literally, if he was healthy. Uh, let's take a look. The, the first round mm-hmm. player on the other team injury. Second round injury. Third round injury. So like, let's not say that this team smacked down everybody like there was no problem. Mm-hmm. There was a string of uh, circumstances. That made their path easier. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. A full health Houston team could have beaten them. And the thing too with the Rockets, and I want to throw this out there because we talked about uh, Brian Colangelo, mm-hmm. you know, getting fired and everything. And we, I said that Houston is now in the lead to sign LeBron, and people are like, "Oh, well, what about Clint Capella?" You're hitting LeBron fucking James. Mm-hmm. You're adding the best player in the NBA. It doesn't matter about Clint Capella. Yes, yep. is he a young, good big that's going to add you at least you know some length? Yeah. But I'm going to take LeBron James <laughs> and all of the money in the world to sign LeBron James over Clint Capella. Yeah. I don't care. 
if, if it means trading Ryan Anderson for the rest of, you know, four future first-round picks, <laughs> I don't care. Because LeBron but, James is going to be on my team, and we're going to be able to take down the mm-hmm. Warriors. And Daryl Morey said, every team's goal should be taking down the Warriors. Because, yeah. again, three and yep. four years. But the thing, and I've yep. actually thought about this with the Rockets, too, is... You go for LeBron, but if you don't get LeBron, they're a team that, all right, I'll bring back Clint Capella. I'll go after – like, even they added Paul George and brought back Clint Capella, that's a team that could take down the Warriors potentially. Maybe. I mean, the, the Rockets do have a lot of mm-hmm. options because, yes, they they might need to bring yeah. back Clint Capella. They still need to move Ryan Anderson's contract. Eric, Eric Gordon might need to be moved. Mm-hmm. But, again, if you're trying to bring in starters like PG-13, LeBron James – it's going to be something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, final thoughts on the finals. I mean, it, you really thought no, it was going to go this way. I ex- I had the exact thought that you had brought up where I was watching this finals, and I'm thinking, man, if Golden State wins this, we could have the debate. I'm thinking more of like the second repeat with the Bulls where it's like, because they all did, they both did it. Three championships. I know the Bulls did them all in a row, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to go up against LeBron James. And then they each had the 72-win season. They had the record. And it's just so many coincidences between those teams that it was like, we can have that debate of which team is better, this Warriors or that three-peat Bulls team. What's more impressive, the Warriors going up against the Cavs all four years Mm -hmm. or the Bulls beating the Jazz twice and then uh, the Supersonics? Or or beating three different teams the first three-peat? Beating the same team three times and going up against the best player currently Mm -hmm. at, at that time in the NBA or going through different teams? Does it matter? I think, I, it, I think it does. It's it's I that would be something I would have to ponder right. on. Well, we're, yeah. we're going to talk about that probably yeah. in the offseason because we need oh, yeah. stuff to talk about. But uh, anyways, it's going to wrap it up for the final web boys. Thank you guys uh, so much for supporting this this uh, topic and idea. Uh, we're going to be bringing it back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, let us know your thoughts on KD if he it, you know is in the conversation for best player in the NBA right now. He had a f- you know absolutely fantastic final, so definitely deserves to at least get that recognition. Also, let us know where you think the dynasty of the Warriors uh, you know fits into the greatest teams of all time the greatest dynasties of all time interesting uh interesting thoughts you want to hear uh from you in the comments below but let's move into the main event of the podcast mock draft 6.0 we are going to break this down into four segments four pieces we're gonna go one through 10 then 11 through 20 21 through 30 if you've been here before that's what we typically do and then for round two we're going to do round two in one whole segment and then we're also going to recap everything that happens and our final thoughts in those four segments. If you're watching on YouTube, there's going to be more segments if you're just watching 1 through 10, uh, so definitely check out the rest of the uh, 6.0 Mock Draft. If you're watching full on YouTube or listening to the full thing on iTunes, welcome, strap in, <laughs> sit back, it's gonna and be relax. Good one. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Let's jump into it. Ricky Widmer, take us through your 1 through 10, and then explain your trades after the picks are made. So we'll start off number one, the Phoenix Suns. They're going to stay, and they're going to take DeAndre Ayton. Then the Kings at two. They're going to take Marvin Bagley. Then our first trade, the Mavs move up with the Hawks. They're going to take Michael Porter Jr. at three. The Bulls then move up to four. They're going to take Mo Bamba at four. The Hawks moving back to five. They'll take Jaron Jackson Jr. The Clippers then move up to six to take Luka Doncic at the six pick. Grizzlies move back to seven to take Wendell Carter Jr., Cavs take Trey Young, Knicks take Kevin Knox, 
76ers take Mikael Bridges. So there's a lot of trading between yeah, three there is. and seven. If you found that me. hard to follow, it's okay. We're going to so, run through all the trades. And here they are. The, still going to be hard to follow. The first one's going to be the Hawks and hold, the Mavs. Hold, hold on one second there, Ricky, because I feel like in order to really explain these trades, we need uh-huh. to get in the mindset of what you 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 know what you bring to the table. So okay. Just one, one, one quick second there Great. on this one. Uh, For our audio listeners, I'm getting a tinfoil hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to rock the tinfoil. So for, I don't even and think true this Ricky is Nice addition, Dave. Like, yeah. I think, I think the Hawks, <laughs> my Hawks Mavericks one even, isn't even my tinfoily one. Um, but Hawks Mavs doing a switch of 3-5, but here's what they're getting. The Hawks are going to get Wesley Matthews, the fifth pick, and then next year's first-round pick from the Mavericks, where the Mavs get Kent Bazemore and the third pick, but they also get Michael Porter Jr. with that third and the, pick. And the thought process is that Wes Matthews has one more year on his contract, yeah. Bazemore has two more years, Do the Hawk, so like, the Hawks, Hawks fans free up ha- uh, comment section, Bazemore has always been a guy that has been linked in trade rumors, mm-hmm. why not get rid of him in this deal? Bazemore's also less money than Wes Matthews. Exactly. The Grizzlies then, they're going to get Bobby Portis, this the, the seventh pick, and a future top 10 protected Bulls pick, Bulls get the fourth. So, I mean, this is one where the Grizzlies, to me, let's go and add a, although he's not like a 28-year-old veteran, let's add guy, someone who's been in the league that can help us win now a little bit. Where does and he the play? Bulls want to get Mo Bamba. He plays at the four. But, but like, how does he help this he's team? He's an ener- he'd be an energy guy for them at the four. I just and he I can, don't see he's how... a guy that can. Though he's not a sharpshooter, mm-hmm. he can nail from the outside. He can play he's down low. At it. He's gonna be a good pro for the Grizzlies. Bulls get the fourth. They take Mo Bamba, and then the Clippers. This is the big this one. Is the one that's... They're gonna give yeah. up Tobias Harris <laughs> back to the Magic, <laughs> and then the Magic also get the twelfth and the thirteenth. Clippers take Doncic at six. And then that's all my trades for the top ten. So the Hawks and Mavs switch, now. the Grizzlies and mm, Bulls I don't know switch, if that's and the Magic and Clippers switch. And again, Aiton, Bagley, Porter, Bamba, Jackson Jr., Doncic, Wendell Carter Jr., Trey Young, Kevin Knox, and Mikhail Bridges is Ricky's one through ten. Mm-hmm. And we'll jump into uh, more of the discussion on why the player fits for each team. But Dave, take us through your one through ten. Sure. My one through ten starts off with the obvious one. The Suns taking DeAndre Ayton. At two, the Kings taking Luka Doncic. Three, the Hawks taking Jaron Jackson Jr. Then I get a little weird. I've got at four, the Clippers taking Michael Porter Jr. Five, the Mavericks taking Muhammad Bamba. Six, I have the Suns taking Trey Young. Weird. Uh, seven, I've got the Utah Jazz taking Marvin Bagley third. At eight, I've got the Cavs taking Colin Sexton. Nine, the Knicks taking Wendell Carter Jr. And ten, the 76ers taking Mikhail Bridges. All right. And we want to recap some of those trades as well, Dave. Yeah. Well, like for you, oh, I've got yeah. I got to lean over for this all one right, cuz right, Dave threw enough. it down there. Threw it down. How all do you right. put this on? Is that how you wanted your hat? Yeah, we're just going to rock it. Like hat. a like a ball cap? Yeah, we made it like an old Irish like, like the old man okay. hat. All right. So, uh I I I guess the the one that kind of stands out first is the Clippers going up to 4. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So that trade is the Clippers are going to receive the 4th pick and Chandler Parsons while the Grizzlies end up getting Tobias Harris. Pat Bev and the 12th pick. It's a, it's a spicy one. It's um, a spicy one. It's a spicy one. <laughs> uh, the next pick there, the next trade I have is obviously the Suns taking the leap up to the 6th pick. They're going to get the 6 and they're going to get pick 35 while from the Magic, the Magic yeah. are going to walk away with pick 16, pick 31. The future pick from the Bucks with protections obviously are on there and the future pick from the Suns 2019 top 3 protected and Marquise Chris. So you got to unload. you got to really <laughs> haul out the train to uh, steal the bank with this one. Uh, and then, obviously, the Utah Jazz 
being the third one there, the Utah Jazz are going to go and get pick number seven and Cristiano Felicio. And the Chicago Bulls will receive pick 15, Alec Burks, and a future first-round pick, uh, lottery protected, and then another future first-round no from protections. The, uh, yeah, from the Utah Jazz. And we'll talk about that trade because I know Bulls fans are like, why are we trading back? Why are we trading out of the top <laughs> 10? Situational, but, uh, th- baby. There, there is a lot of moving parts in Dave's mm-hmm. trades. Uh, but anyways, let's go to my mock draft, 1 through 10. Suns, the big thing I want to do, that I want to preface though, is I'm drafting if I was the general manager. So yeah. I'm looking at future needs, I'm looking at scheme fit, and I'm looking at potential of the players. And I'm also not predicting who's going to go where yep. on June 21st. I'm trying to be right. So oh, when you okay. look at this in the next five years, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy knew what he was talking about. Oh, Or oh. you'll look at this in the next five years and say, okay, this guy's an idiot. I mean, I um, think we look pretty credible with our tinfoil Of course. Uh, so <laughs> still has I'm a rocket. And, 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 of course, I'm going to go away from that whole thought process because I think Luka is, is the safest pick in yeah. this draft. I think he should be going number one. Yep. But Suns, with DeAndre Ayton coming out and saying he's the number one pick, he's not working out for any other teams. Ryan McDonough, way back uh, earlier in the season, saying they're taking DeAndre Ayton or they're interested in DeAndre Ayton. I think the Suns are going to take DeAndre Ayton at one. Then at two, the Kings go Luka Doncic. Then the Hawks go with Jaron Jackson Jr. Then at four, the Grizzlies go with Michael Porter Jr. Trade alert here, the Bulls trade with the Mavericks and take Mo Bamba. The Magic at six, take Trey Young. The Mavericks at seven from the Bulls take Marvin Bagley the third. At 8, the 76ers take Mikhail Bridges. At 9, the Knicks take Wendell Carter Jr. And then at 10, the Cavs take Miles Bridges. And here are the trades for you. For the first one, we'll do the uh, the Bulls one. So uh, Mavericks received the 7th and 22nd pick. That was the pick that the Bulls got um, from the Pelicans. And the Bulls received the 5th pick. Pretty straight up on that one. And then the other one is the 76ers received the 8th pick. Cavs received the 10th pick, 38th pick, and 39th pick from the 76ers because the 76ers have a ton of capital. I think it's going to be an easy flip right there. So nothing too crazy. I feel like you're missing something. Yeah. But it's not too crazy. I Mm. feel like you're missing something now. I feel like you got to join. (laughs) You got to own up to it, Sean. I will be (laughs) at least in, what's it called, camaraderie? Yeah. (laughs) I will at least I mean, in camaraderie. Take advice from these three guys. I don't know what now this, now. this is a picture for the thumbnail. Yeah, so we should want to give a, let's give, let's give a, a five second pose. Mm. Okay, perfect. All right, so that was our one through ten. Uh, people are gonna be like, "What the I love fuck how did we stumble audio upon?" Listeners are yeah, probably gonna oh, be like, yeah. so oh, "Oh my god, did it end?" No, it didn't end. We just stopped for. But let's jump into this. All right, let's talk about some of these picks. Let's talk about some of these trades. The first one, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. we all have Suns taking DeAndre Ayton. I don't think there's too much to argue about it. Suns aren't moving back. Even he called so, it. Yeah. I mean, at that point. Ayton called it. He's not working out. Got to call your shot, man. Is there anything else we need to say about the Suns, at least with the DeAndre Ayton pick at number one? Unless, the only thing I can think about is, unless this is him going, yeah, I did well enough to be number one, and then they surprise us and go, nope, Luca's number one. But what do you think, like, percentage-wise, Dave, what do you think that's going to happen? Or is it 100% for DeAndre. It's like 99.95. Okay. Would you agree with that? I'd say I'm going 95% DeAndre. Okay. I'm still giving a 5 for Luca. That's a lot. And, and, That's a I know. Lot. I'm giving a 5 for Luca. And, and one thing I've come around at least, again, I know I was talking about future needs. If I'm picking for the Suns, mm-hmm. I'm picking Doncic. But for the Suns, it also does make sense. They want to they want to be able to bash inside with Aiton and then mm-hmm. spread out. Use you know, Bender on the outside, Josh Jackson on the outside, um, clearly uh, Devin Booker on the outside. And there's talks that they even love Trey Young. So they're trying to move up, use some of the capital that they have accumulated and try yep. to get Trey Young. Talk about massive spacing and talking about DeAndre Ayton dominating inside. It's going to be something that, again, if they're able to make the right pieces fit, it's going to be something that does work. So mm-hmm. I think Ayton does fit. I like Doncic better, but 
Aiton, it yeah. seems pretty damn clear that he's the number one overall pick here. Um, for the Kings, though, Luca for me, you have them going with Marvin Bagley, and Dave, I believe you have them going Luca with as well. uh, Luca as yep. well. So what's the idea with the Bagley pick there, Ricky? Well, because Doncic, again, we think he's the, the best player mm-hmm. available, and he fits into the system, You know, brings a secondary ball handle behind De'Aaron Fox. Well, for What's me, Don, Doncic wasn't even in the equation. It was either Bagley or Porter Jr. And that's only because I know there are reports. They're not for sure written in stone. But I'm going to stay true to the reports that we talked about in a past podcast that both the Hawks and the Kings were going to pass on Luka. Yeah, they could be a smokescreen, but I'm going to buy into it. And for me, it was, what do they go with? Do they go with Porter Jr., who was very impressive, apparently, to the uh, Maverick scouts that were there? Or do they go with Bagley? I'm still sitting there going, yes, I could go Michael Porter Jr., but I can fit Bagley in with this backcourt a little bit better. So I'm going with my original pick of Bagley to the Kings just to put into that front court and just fit him in next to a Willie Cauley-Stein. But the one thing is, I mean, David, and we talked about this a lot, yep. is they took scale recently. They took Harry Giles, and Harry Giles coming back off of an injury, and they're saying he looks really impressive. I mean, do you understand the Bagley yeah, yeah. fit? Do you understand the Bagley fit? Or is it clear to your mind that they should be going Doncic and anything else would be a mistake? I think the idea that you can't have too many good players on a team in one position is kind of a fallacy. Like, it, it's, it's just not true. You can stack up with great players because spacing in this game, I don't want to go all Danny Ainge and position this basketball, but that's where we're going. So having another guy out there who in uh, Luca, who is 6'8", who can ball handle like a point guard, who has the good size, good uh, shot creation for himself and for others, like I don't think that crowding a backcourt or maybe extending out your you know one two three and just having two three wings, you know whatever position it is it is. I don't think that's a problem. The one thing I will give you about Bagley is he's a high energy guy. They can really roll up-tempo with that group. Uh, Willie Collerstein runs the floor. You got the great set of guards. I don't think that's a huge concern. Mm-hmm. But, I again, my, my thought then goes to the, you know, what do you do with someone who you've been hyping up in Harry Giles coming in? Like, he is the guy who they expect to take the step mm-hmm. and be the guy. But at the same time, I mean, you're, you're saying, why invest in a guy who's already got two bum knees? You know, well, take and one the guy thing who's a sure thing. An insurance policy as well. I mean, maybe you don't trust mm-hmm. scale. And then if Willie Cauley-Stein doesn't stay because he, yeah. and he, his contract's coming up soon, then you have scale, uh, Harry Giles, and then, uh, uh, you know, Marvin Bagley, if you take him, you at least it's your three, three, yeah. Yeah, your three rotations of, you know, the four and five. Well, and, you know, again, Bagley possibly could turn into a, a center. Well, we really don't have a position for him. He's got the him. physical tools to get better defense, too. Right mm-hmm. now, I know he's atrocious, but it's not like there there is the ability to get better, at least. It's, it's not hopeless. Well, and the thing about Luka to the Kings, and this is something that the Suns, the Kings, mm-hmm. I would say even the Hawks, maybe even the Grizzlies, maybe even the Mavericks all have to kind of go down to. And this is why, for me, the Clipper trade makes sense also is, is he going to want to come over and play in Sacramento, play for the Kings? For Vlade? For Vlade. With or Bogdan, like, Bogdanovich? If you're a team that's a bottom feeder and you're in a smaller market— is that going to be appealing to Luca? who, yeah, there's nothing either way if he's going to for sure come or for sure stay. There's still that choice, that but chance, though. you're in California. So, I mean, your market is really dependent on how well you're doing. But so if, you, if, you're building a, if you're building a winner, mm-hmm. the people will come. I mean, I mean, there, there's a lot of floaters that, yeah. that 
you know, with, if, mm-hmm. if the Lakers are down, then they're looking for a team. And, just, Golden, and obviously a, they're going mostly I to Golden State right now. That if a but team some like can the migrate Kings to Sacramento. Or a team like the Hawks, if they draft Luka, I have a worry of him going, you know what, I'm only 19. I'm going to stay here for it's about a while. a negative Although 17% have, chance of that. I don't I'm just think saying, he up there's this always, a, like how you said, the 99.9%. I would say that is the same thing for him coming over. No, yeah, there's, there's literally sure, 0%. But there's a slight chance that he there's could choose chance. to say, no, I'm going to stay here, even though you have my draft rights. I'm, I'm leaning more towards Dave, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that, again, being in America, and this is not to bash on European basketball or, or any Europeans out there, um, and Euro basketball in general, but the difference between being a, an American superstar and a European superstar is millions and millions of dollars. I mean, we see it consistently. And if he's able to secure big brand deals like Nike and be able to push that towards an American market and then also be able to still pull European you know, Fan influence, base? I mean, yeah. let's look at what Dirk was able to do coming over. Look what I Giannis mean, is doing. Like, all of Greece. Exactly. I mean, loves this man. And so, he gets voted in for everything. Be, there's, a, there's a thing like, where you're still going to get that support from mm-hmm. overseas yeah. if you come over. You're still going to be able to make a ton of but money. But could it also be a Ricky Rubio situation of, I don't like the team I'm drafted by. That's Maybe, but we don't over. know that. I mean, now he's got to be drafted by and the that, Kings. And, and that's and what if, I'm if saying. He talks the, Kings the Kings and the Hawks, fine. those would be teams I would be a little worried that he might stay. Oh, well, I, I mean, again, it's, it, it's all dependent mm-hmm. on the actual interviews, which we're not, yeah. we're not conducting. So uh, we'll have to see. But we do want to move on to the third pick because, Ricky, you do have a trade. Mavs mm-hmm. moving up. With the Hawks, the trade, again, is Hawks get Wesley Matthews, the fifth pick, and the 2019 Mavs pick. The Mavs get Kent Bazemore and the third pick. Why do the Hawks move down in your mind? What's 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 really the reason why this change does happen? Well, because for me, if I'm the Hawks, you're really here getting, you're doing the, it's not a huge move, the Wes Matthews and Bazemore, but mm-hmm. really it's you get a, a future first, and for the Hawks, for me, I think they could go Mo Bamba or Triple J. So if I'm the Hawks, I sit there and go, you know what? At the time I'm making this trade, the Grizzlies are there. Yeah, if they go Triple J, I'll just take Bamba. If Bamba gets picked, I'll take Triple J. And it's kind of like I'll take whatever four or five is left over to me, whatever big man's left over to me, and I get that future pick from Dallas. And with Dallas moving up, this is just from everything with reports saying that their scouts, the people that they had at um, MPJ's workout yesterday, basically, that they were really impressed. So I'm looking at that going, if you're really impressed and you have the option to move up to get them, you move two picks and are up two picks and get them, why not do it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing where I, I, I kind of understand you're, you're, you're yeah. at least going towards mm-hmm. the future, but... Even with the Mavs, is why do they need to pull the trigger to move up, Dave, to, to get a Michael Porter Jr.? Is Michael Porter Jr. going to change this team so dramatically where Jaron Jackson, a Mo Bamba, uh, a Luka Doncic won't at that fifth spot, at least looking at Ricky's mock draft, because you're also giving up that 2019 pick. So if, if you're not holding on that future capital where you're not able to build around Michael Porter Jr., yeah. you're not able to build around um, Dennis Smith Jr., will you be able to have enough? Is Harrison Barnes enough? Are the players that are still on this roster enough to really take this team to the next step? So the upside of Ricky's deal is if you believe Michael Porter Jr. is worth not you know waiting to see what lands and what comes to you, hundred percent agree to that because he could he could be the best scorer in this draft. He could be mm-hmm. one of the best, um, most polished offensive guys in this draft. So I don't I don't know that you have to have like a grave concern about that. It's 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 the health and if he passes all the physicals and all the doctors say look he's going to be good to go for the next fifteen years no problems. Like, it's very hard to pass up on that. Yes, you're giving up future allocations, mm-hmm. but the Mavs are a team where they're going to go find some 
you know, either a journeyman in the NBA or some D-leaguer, G-leaguer, and get them to play meaningful minutes at a decent rate for them. I trust in their coach. I trust in their schemes. I think that, yes, he could be, impact-wise, greater impact than any other player available except for one. And that's who that sort of thing for me is, I think that they are kind of toss-up. Either if Michael Porter falls, great. If Bamba falls, great. Either one of them to that Mavs team, I feel like, they're one and one A. What about Luca though? Is Luca still available? Oh, for uh, that that's what confused me the most. But mm-hmm. same time, like I would have taken Luca. So um, why but that's it, me. That's not everybody. Why did the Mavs pass up Luca? Well, for me, it's the thing of part of it was playing into like the report I saw that their scouts and they used the quote very impressed with MPJ. And but also, you don't believe that could be a smokescreen? And because like I what said, if, what if it the, can be. Yeah. But for me, I'm looking at it also of like if this is a guy and. Yes, it, if the medicals clear out, too. If the medicals don't clear out the one that the Bulls mm-hmm. did, then why would you make this deal? But this is a guy that they went from, oh, he's a top five. Then it's like two weeks ago, a week ago. Oh, like we see, oh, he could fall to seven and below. Now he works out and everything's going like, oh, he's a top, like, he's a top I mean, what, three. What if the Scouts said clear. they were pretty impressed, not very impressed? Well, or pretty, what about, what about, uh, pretty imp- he, was impressed. A, he was impressive. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, if like, it was any of you're those. You're reading very high to this word. He very, wasn't extraordinary. That's why I'm like, <laughs> well, what adjective sounds, would really sell you on like if, that? If someone were to say, fall. like, when you say extreme, like, and if it wasn't in quotes, <laughs> then it would get me. No, it's serious. But, if, no, that's why I wanted to know. If I come up to you and I go, yeah, I was impressed with that. You'd be like, okay, Ricky liked it. If I said I was pretty impressed, you'd be like, all right, Ricky liked it. But I said, dude, this really impressed me. Or extremely impressed they me. They said pretty impressed. They didn't say dude. No, they said extremely impressed. So if it's like... But they didn't say dude. That's one thing mm. where it's like, it it could be a smokescreen, but it seems like they're interested. And with the Mavs, I would go ahead and pull that trigger because if he's going to be a top three guy... Yeah, you could take Mo Bamba, but mind the Bulls so, could trade up and take him. So, really, with who can trade up and potentially get Bamba? So you're thinking you're trying to best to secure the guy. Don't be yep. like the Knicks last year who Just, waited to see whoever fell. Exactly. And still, exactly. So, so you're, and you're trying for, to outbid the Bulls. Yeah, and that first rounder to me, that 19, could be protected. I'm assuming it's going to be like a protected and then it like moves top five, on. Top ten. Yeah, top five, top ten, yep. maybe even top three, whatever they want to put in, whatever you want to put in. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I just with Michael Porter Jr. I think that this is a kid who again he's the anomaly it, he's, this year. He's a massive anom- anomaly, and people keep saying if he's healthy, if he's mm-hmm. healthy, if he's healthy. And now we're hearing healthy. I was gonna have that he was gonna be at two just because I think he's healthy, mm-hmm. and I've consistently yep. said that he's a he was the best player before he got injured um, in in this draft. I, I just I, I, I waver too much. I don't really know. I don't get a solid feel. I haven't seen him play. I don't have the, the, the ability to put him at two. That's, that's why I don't have the ability for a team trading up to him. If he falls to the Grizzlies at four, which I have him falling to, that's where I think he's going to end up. But a team trading up, putting up that many assets, mm-hmm. two future, two, two first-round picks, and then uh, you know I, the West Matthews Kent Bazemore thing doesn't matter, but two future firsts, mm-hmm. that's something that can turn into those are two starters for you where Michael Porter Jr. in the next three years, if his back doesn't hold up, could be out of the league. Unless Dallas tries to hit it in free agency and either this year or next year go but, after those free agents. But still, the, I'm saying if Michael Porter Jr. still pan, mm-hmm. doesn't pan out, you're still losing two first yeah. round picks. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's, that's my concern. It's a question mark. I'm not but, saying Dallas could be screwed you know, for the future right, from this. And but, right now I'm making that decision on off of the medicals look good, and if they don't, then obviously this wouldn't happen. But right now, the medicals look good, I'd make that deal. Because most of their contracts, too, 
come up at the end of this year, mm-hmm. so they could be big players next year with a Dennis Smith and Michael Porter Jr. Well, Dad, uh, Dad, <laughs> Dave, Dad. Oh, Jesus, we yes, we agree. Podcast is, yes, is in full son. force. Uh, the third that pick, we, me off we both have the Hawks. Yeah. I caught me off guard too. I don't know why I said Dad. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Dave, at least uh, in the We Agree podcast, uh, we do have the Hawks. Weirdly enough, going with Jaron Jackson Jr. staying home and picking the forward out of Michigan State. What are the thought process? Why does he fit? Ain't broke, don't fix it. He is one of the most impressive young kids in this draft. Um, I think, honestly, the defensive presence down low, the fact that he can switch all the way down to threes and guard them out in the perimeter is incredibly impressive. Yes, if you pump fake, he will jump. Like He needs to get the control down. He's young, he'll learn. That's the thing. Defensive Mm -hmm. IQ is there. He is super eager to learn. He played under one of the best coaches in college basketball. His offensive game, we got to see a little bit of, mm-hmm. and I honestly think that, like he's a guy who can take a huge jump at the NBA level. I don't think he's your number one offensive weapon, mm-hmm. but I think he comes in above expectations. Well, and I think this is a team, too, that Atlanta, I mean, you know, obviously I think the 2019 pick, if they're taking that from Dallas, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense for them. And if Jerry yep. Jackson's still available for them at five, then this makes a ton of sense for Absolutely. Him. But I don't know if he's going to be available there. And I think if you have the guy available that you want and there isn't an offer like that where you're able to get a capital from a team like the Mavericks um, you know, for the 2019 yep. pick, I think there's no really risk and there's no reason to move down. Um, and with Jaron Jackson, you look at Lloyd Pierce and what he was talking about when he was introduced as the Atlanta Hawks coach, defense, defense, yep. defense. This is something that, again, this is the best, probably defense, right now, best defensive player in the draft, at least for this position, he's a guy that every metric loves mm-hmm. him. You know, uh, BPM, uh, you know, every advanced stat, every advanced stat, absolutely and then the loves pairing of him and Jan Collins together would just be amazing. And, and John is uh, off, awesome offensively, uh, fantastic. So every you know, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, down uh, uh, every negative about uh, John Collins, Jaron Jackson picks up defensively. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so I think that's that's massive uh, for the Hawks. I think it's a, an easy fit for the Hawks if they are staying home. Uh, so I have the Hawks, and Dave has the Hawks going with Jaron Jackson Jr. And I had him there right at five. Same team, same pick. Would you, would and why did they pass on him? Why did just they? because we're talking about the Hawks and, and well, Jaron Jackson mean, right now? Why why do they pass with him and you have him going with Mobamba? No, I had him go with Jaron Jackson, yeah. And the whole reason was basically the, I'll take whoever I get, and in my situation, the Bulls like Mo Bamba, Mm -hmm. trade up to get him, and we can get So you just felt like they they equally valued uh, Michael Porter, Mo Bamba. I'm sorry, not I'm taking just Um, Mo or, like, because to me, the center is the thing, where John Collins is going to play my four. Me, personally, I would take Bamba or... Jaron Jaron Jackson. So okay. I'm looking at that going. So one of them be available? To, yeah, I'll trade to five. The Bulls or the Grizzlies take a, one. I just don't see Dallas giving up the 2019 pick. That's, yeah. that's the thing yeah. to me. So that's, that's maybe 2020, why just future. But Yeah, I, I just don't think there's going to be enough for the Hawks to yeah. move down. I understand that thought process of he's going to be there at five, but will the Mavs really want to move up? And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest question. But, they, uh, you know, Ricky, you have more movement um, yep. at four. Bulls come up. With the Grizzlies and take Mo Bamba, the trade mm-hmm. that you have there is I Bobby so Portis, bad. the seventh, the future top ten protected first, and the fourth. Now, that's the one thing I want to call you out on mm-hmm. is you're saying, I want this so bad. So, like, if you're talking about this as a Bulls fan, you have yeah. to at least give me solid reasons on why this makes sense for the Grizzlies. Because, mm-hmm. yes, it makes sense for the Bulls. You want them as a fan. You want mm-hmm. Mo Bamba. You'll give up pretty much anything you can. So why does Bobby Portis 
take this team, the Memphis Grizzlies, to the next level, and why do they move down and not mm-hmm. possibly get a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., like Luka Doncic especially, who might have the superstar well, ability to take over after Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol. And put on the hat. The Doncic this thing, is a moment. I don't think this is a huge moment, mm, but Sean seems to think it is. I, the, I don't think it's a moment. I, Don, I, just, I, I think people are going to call yeah, you out in the comments well, the for being a bulls so defend it. The Doncic thing is easy for me, where... If the Sacramento and Atlanta I saw his markets he'll pass on, he's definitely not going to want to come over to go to Memphis. So that's me. Yet again, Grizzlies going, yeah, we could take Doncic, but will he really want to come over to play in Memphis? We're really free agent-wise, unless we really paid out for a Mike Conley that no one else was giving him a big deal, or a Chandler Parsons that everyone's like, oh, he's injured, but we'll throw out a big deal. Okay, but here's, That's why I passed on Luka. What's another when thing, it, though, that, that, that they've talked about? What, what, is, what to, is Memphis's wait, goal? I just want to go Memphis's goal is to two. make the playoffs, so and at that's least that's going to help them. And that's exactly where I'm going to, where over. it's, yes, they could take a Mo Bamba, but Mo Bamba's a five. They already have Marcus Gasol, and they're not moving him. Yes, Jaron Jackson can play the four, can play the five, mm-hmm. but like Dave talked about when he talked about with the Hawks, he's young, He's going to need to mature, and the Grizzlies want to make the playoffs. So why not add a guy who's in his early 20s, who has been in the league, is a, he's familiar with the NBA. Yeah, he's not in his prime, but he's enter, he's going to be entering his prime sooner rather than later and get a future pick out of it too. That's the thing that I'm looking at is let's gain a veteran that mm-hmm. can help us who's been in the league. We'll swap picks with the Bulls, and we'll get a future first out of it. Okay. But you're talking about Bobby Portis mm-hmm. as, you know, again, a guy who's going to be a starter for you. Mm-hmm. Luka's going to be a starter. Luka could be a leader, and he's 19 years old. And I get it. He might not come over. But, that but does, we're talking about this being a 5% chance. But, again, this mm-hmm. is a 5% chance of him not coming over. He's still coming over to an American team. He wants to be able to win. He doesn't want. He wants to be able to have players around him. He's going to have a guy in Marcus who made that transition over. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a team that is really poised to win. I think that is going to be something that helps Memphis at least push their way to getting Luka Doncic. I honestly do not believe that he's not coming over. Are there things that he wants? Yes. Are there things that he's going to bargain for? Yes. But ultimately, he's going to be an NBA player next year. And I think they would be absolutely stupid to not pass uh, to, 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 to pass on Luka Doncic. Absolutely stupid. And I don't think it's worth the risk, like the Hawks mm-hmm. were at least worth the risk, to trade back and possibly get Mo Bamba or J- Jaron Jackson, mm-hmm. whoever's there. The best fit for Memphis is Luka Doncic, and he's fell into well, their laps. And another thing that this plays into and why I made the trade for the Grizzlies to trade out is we've talked about it on a past podcast. They've come out and said they're open to trading this pick to add players that are already here because, like you said, their main goal is to make the playoffs. So with the Grizzlies, I wonder, is it going to be the Bulls? Will it be this exact trade? Probably not. But I feel like for sure they're going to move out of this pick to get a veteran from some team that can help them win now. Question for you. Do you think Bobby Portis or Luka Doncic would be a better help for them making the playoffs and performing in the playoffs? Luka. Luka. No, no, this is this is a Ricky. Mm-hmm. I want because it's his pick to defend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your feelings were made very well, I know, clear. I, know. Well, I think that, I agree with you, but I, I think that know. both Shocker. I think that both could help them in the playoffs. I think that like they add differently to where if you get Luca, my question is, what do you do? Like, what do they do at the four then? 
Like, are they adding a free? It depends on who they add in a free agent. Do you take someone later with a later pick, or do you trade in for a later pick? Chandler whereas, Parsons moves to the four. Whereas the Bobby Portis one gives you a four, and you can just have Chandler Parsons plays where he's played regularly when healthy at the three. So for me, that's why I would take, in this case, I'm taking a Bobby Portis plus is the Bulls. Bobby Portis has been in trade rumors. So or, that's you why go, I added or you go, you know, just small ball and mm-hmm. move Tyreek Evans to the four. Or, or, or you know, just just move around and but play is position he gonna on resign? basketball. I mean, you're going to have, At he this might point, not resign, we don't know if but he's gonna resign. I mean, you have Chandler Parsons. Luke is 6'8. Six, 6'8. Eight. Mm-hmm. Six, eight. I think uh, Luke Parsons is 6'8. Well, yeah. uh, Tyreek Evans is 6'8 to 6'7, I think, or 6'6. Six, six. Might be 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, um, I, mean, I mean, they have the flexibility to move those guys from the two to the four. Like, I, I think that, you know, you're really locking in on positions here. Luca's more accomplished than Bobby Portis as a player. He's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's played I, in higher pressure situations. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that, again, no player has done what Luka Doncic has done in the second best professional league in, in the world. Bobby Portis is known for immaturity and punching his own teammate and breaking his face. Got that one-two punch. So, I mean, it's something where, again, yes, Bobby Portis has played in the league, but Luka might be more mature than Bobby Portis, even though he's younger. I just want to be able for you to be able to defend your your pick of the Bulls trading up, just because I know people know us as Chicago, you, at least you as a oh, Chicago I Bulls fan. Care less I, I, I just want I just wanted to be able to sound like it's just not like, hey, I'm a Bulls fan trading up. That's the only reason yeah. why I, I'm at least bashing it and being mm-hmm. harsh. If it, if it seems like I'm being harsh on Ricky, that's the only reason why. Just because I, just, I want I want you to be able to at least you know because I, I know you believe that this is a fair trade. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, I'm saying you know again give you at least the opportunity. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but Dave, you do have a trade. You have the Cloppers, good old Cloppers. Yep. Uh, trading up with the Grizzlies. So same idea as Ricky. Grizzlies still moving back, but why does it make it different in your mind? Uh, where the uh, you know, Grizzlies are bolstering their team more and also moving back yeah. in two picks. So for me, it was more about adding more of that proven talent. Um, while Bobby Porce is good, Tobias Harris is better. And then adding Pat Beverly into this makes it really, really something special because this Grizzlies team, with the addition of Toby and Pat Bev, goes back to being a legitimate team in the West. Like I know the West is so deep, that, and it's going to be again the same way next year. But adding in someone who has the playoff experience of Patrick Beverly, who is a lockdown guard, and then you add in Tobias Harris, who can create for himself, can was a one on you know a bad team basically, um, but can be a, a a really good team player, and at the same time like he's in his prime. It's everything you want out of that position to fill in with Tobias Harris. Yes, you're not moving, you're moving back much further. Mm-hmm. You're going to go with the twelfth pick instead of the seventh pick. But at the same time, the value you get back in player experience, in my mind, heavily outweighs that. So why do the Clippers take on Chandler Parsons, though? Because that's one of the worst contracts, if not the worst contract in NBA history. This this gives the Grizzlies a chance to soak up uh, some free agents. And the Clippers right now are in rebuild mode. So I know they're, they were in that weird like tear-totter of like, they oh, almost we, made can, the playoffs, we almost made the playoffs, but half mm-hmm. our team was injured. So imagine <laughs> what we could do when we're all healthy. Well, DeAndre Jordan's not going to be back. That's the biggest difference right there. This kind of gives them a chance to reload. You're going to go get Michael Porter Jr., who, again, highest upside in the draft potentially, mm-hmm. especially from an offensive standpoint. So go get him. Go get your centerpiece moving forward and then build around him. You have veterans who have great value for other teams who you can move off. In the meantime, you roll that Chandler Parsons contract, and you're not worried about it because you're in a West, and you look at the timeline of the other teams at the top, and you're like, yeah, by the time Michael Porter Jr. and our next mm-hmm. couple picks are ready, like, 
we're going to be in business. Our timeline works much better than trying to go up there and be giant slayers mm -hmm. and take down this Rockets team, this Warriors team. I mean, like, it's just, it, it, may, it seems like the smart play to wait it out and set their well, timeline right. And the thing I find most interesting about your deal, mm -hmm. they only give up one of the two. Yes. Like most of the trades that even either I've talked about. And this value-wise, they might about, need to give up both. Like but, a, a lot yeah. of them have both of them going. So that's the thing I like the most is, hey, we get the four, but we hang on to the 13, so we still get well, that's two. That's the question. Well, is, and the, I think, is the value there for Pat Bev plus two? And, and the reason why I think it is is just because – not only are you getting Toby, who's a better player than Chandler Parsons. By far. It's also the contract and the, the salary relief that you are mm -hmm. giving Memphis. Mm -hmm. Because that also it gives you so much flexibility to add to this they, team. They can guarantee Tyreek Evans is coming mm -hmm. back at that point. Yeah. And then they can look to add another wing to that team. Well, and it gives you a backup point guard. And, and yes. an extremely experienced backup point guard in Pat Bev. And it's something where Pat Bev, you know, he wasn't healthy last year, mm -hmm. but... Again, if he is healthy, Mike Conley isn't a bill of health, either a clean bill of health. So <laughs> if Conley goes down, you still have an adequate point guard who could step into your starting lineup. And he can mix lineup. it up between him, Tyreek, and Mike Conley. All three of them can mm -hmm. rotate between because they are flexible. Now, do I think Memphis is delusional, thinking that they can be a playoff team? Maybe. But do I think they can be competitive? But do you think a lineup of I'm at this. Conley, Tyreek Evans, uh, Tobias Harris... Um, I've, I'm missing a name. Let me yeah. rephrase. Well, you're probably going to put throw in Kevin Knox there, possibly too, or because uh, right. Chandler Parsons is gone. Uh, but the one thing that I was trying to say is, mm -hmm. do I think that they could be a playoff team? Yes, but I think they're delusional if they think they're going to be competitive next year yeah. in the West, no matter the moves they make. But one yep. thing that I want to mention for the Clippers is, not only are they getting Chandler Parsons who can't stay healthy, they're also taking a big risk on Michael Porter Jr. trading up for a guy that again last year only played three games in college. That's so, true. So with the Clippers, I mean, is it the right move or should they be going for someone safer? Why does Michael Porter Jr. make it worth the risk in your mind? You got to swing for the fences um, because if you keep building around these mid-level picks in the teens, yes, there's a chance you hit on them. Yes, the the occasional, the un, unoccasional Donovan Mitchell thing happens, but more than likely when you're drafting anywhere after the 10, when you hit the teens, you're getting guys who are, you know, solid starters, role players, have a chance to bust out very rarely, but it does happen. So you go up and you get the guy who can come into this league and drop 20 in his first year. You get somebody who can be a dynamic offensive force, and you're bringing him into a team where the expectations are set where you're not a leader here. You're coming in with a veteran-heavy team, and you can learn from under these guys who have all been there and experienced the NBA. So I think, like, uh, fit wise for that team, I think you have a good head coach in Rivers. I and I think that like honestly, timeline wise, it makes the most sense for them. He can come in, learn, and then as they start turning over those pieces for other teams who are hunting for those, you mm -hmm. know, oh, we just need this guy to set us over the top. Like they can turn that over in the next couple of years to get more draft picks back. And that's why the only way I would see the Clippers taking a Chandler Parsons is like you said, rolling it to where it's like, okay, the goal is to eventually trade you to another team. Because the thing I look at is Balmer, he's a guy that wants developing, developing, developing players. Yep. And that's just not Chandler Parsons. But again, if you have, well, I mean, you still, you have that contract, you have Danilo's contract. I mean, mm -hmm. you're still going to, and uh, the one saving grace is that you still got Lou Will for as cheap of a deal yeah. as you got him for. But you're still going to have two bad contracts on that team in well, Danilo and in Chandler Parsons. And the thing I want to jump to is I'll bring in with the Clippers mm -hmm. is the question for me with them is I feel like they are going to make a trade this draft. It's, who do they pick? Do they take 
a Michael Porter or like, and I've got the Bleacher Report article, apparently Chris Mannix on Yahoo Sports NBA podcast um, on his podcast, Sham said that I think there's a lot of fluidity and he talked about the Luka Doncic trade mm-hmm. that the Clippers could trade up for Luka. I think they're going to trade up for someone. It's just going to be who's it but, for, Porter or Doncic? And that's one thing is yeah. if if Doncic is available, you're saying take Doncic. I know, oh, I know yeah. you, I know you. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is Doncic isn't available because mm-hmm. you think so yeah. highly of him. Um, so Ricky, I'll put you in at least okay. in, in those shoes because I know that you have Porter Jr. going mm-hmm. um, a little bit higher. But again, Porter Jr. might fall to four. Mm-hmm. You have Luca falling to six. Those two are on the board for you. Who are you taking and why? So if they're and both this is for available the Clippers. for the this, Clippers, this is for the Clippers. <sighs> I would take if Porter Jr. was available, I would take Porter Jr. Only because for me, it comes down to the clean bill of health and everything that we have. Is said, it a clean bill of health? That's really the only thing that worries me. Like, I mean, we have no guarantees it, in life. It's just a report. There's yeah. never guarantees. And it's also just a report that he took a physical. The no, thing, no information has come out about thing, what like, it if revealed. you're if you're for sure that he's going to pass out medically. He's the guy for me that we talked about at the beginning of the year. He's top pick, top two pick. So it's like he's the one for me to where. Well, there's there's, always the caveat when healthy. I know. And that's the only thing of if that passes in your mind, if it does for the Clippers, I would take Michael Porter Jr. But I think this is a question where if you said Doncic or Doncic, I would say, all right, I can't Mm -hmm. debate you there because either one of these guys would be great for the Clippers. And if you're watching um, on YouTube or, mm-hmm. or if you're watching on Blog Talk Radio, hit us up at, at Most Available Podcast on Twitter. Let us know if the Clippers well, do want to trade. At Most Available Pod. At Most Available Pod, thank you. Uh, on Twitter, um, if, if the Clippers are looking to trade up at four, Porter Jr. and Doncic is available, who would you take for the Clippers? Mm-hmm. Because Dave and I are on the side of Luka because he is safer. And that, that's the biggest thing. I think well, he's got and, experience and he's safer. And with safer. the Clippers, the, notice how I didn't throw out the question of would he come over. If he was drafted by L.A., either of them, I'd come over for that. Oh, yeah. You're in L.A. I mean, you're in L.A. Um, I think the, the thing is, is just, again, Doncic is safer. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that scares me with Michael Porter Jr. And is better. he might be the best, you know, best player in this draft. And he might turn out to be the, you know, the, the biggest superstar of this. Mm-hmm. But also in three years, his back can flare up he again could Greg Oden. and he could be gone. So that's the biggest worry that I have with Michael Porter Jr. Where Luke is so safe that I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't you know pass up the opportunity if I was the Clippers, um, especially going up against Michael Porter Jr. Uh, but let's move into my pick. I have the Grizzlies going with Michael Porter Jr. at four. Pretty clear cut. Again, I think he still has superstar potential. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies still are a team that can take on at least a risk like that in Michael Porter Jr. I feel boring because I don't have the, the, the Grizzlies trading out, but <laughs> I still think if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, he can be a star. And, and the one thing that I do want to look at those two games, the last two games that he did play in college, is the thing I love that he was doing was calling for the ball consistently. Was he 100%? No. Should he be calling for the ball? No. But he wanted the ball. He wanted to be a superstar. And I think the Grizzlies not only set themselves up for the future, they also don't put a ton of pressure on him right away. Yes, this team might look at him and be like, hey, you're going to be a play- you, you know, you need to be help us make the playoffs. But also, you're going to be the fourth option behind Tyreek Evans, behind Marcus All, and behind Mike Conley. I think that's something that's going to at least be able to, you know, be something where you work him in is very slowly. Maybe he only gets 20 minutes in his in his first rookie season. But also, he's a guy that's going to have, you know, at least crucial. 
crucial 20 minutes. I think that's going to be something that's, that's good for him. Do you feel him. like it's like the 20 minutes are more so because of the health concerns? The health. They're going to cap him? I think okay. I think they might. I think it'd be smart to minutes cap, restriction. cap him. All right. Especially if this is going to be your guy that's going to be the future. Maybe if they make the playoffs, they don't cap him. Yeah. But at least for the regular season, I mean, we, we've they're going like to play Joel him. Embiid was on like the, th- the mm-hmm. 20, then they got up to 30. I think they're going to work him in slowly into the NBA. I think okay. one thing, too, is, hey, maybe if he does show that he's healthy and 100% fine, you know, by you know uh, December, he's the cap yeah. minutes is, is off. But I think he's going to be a guy that maybe only plays sixty to sixty five games in the regular season, only gets twenty minutes per game. But then when we hit the playoffs, where that's where you're going to really unload him if they do make the playoffs. I think again, he, he's a guy that we talk about a score and we talk yeah. about his length. He's a guy that can still add to your team right away. He mm-hmm. might be again a guy at a fourth option that could turn into your one option down the road. And with his mindset, his his calling for the ball. I think he could, you know, help even turn into a guy like Donovan Mitchell, where he's just going to take over your team and he's going to end up being the best player on your team year one. But if the health doesn't pan out that way, maybe not. Um, let's move to five, though. We have uh, I have the Chicago Bulls actually uh, trading up for the Mavericks. I'll talk about this mm-hmm. uh, real quick. The uh, the Mavericks received the seventh and twenty second. The Bulls received the fifth. Reason I did this is because again, if I'm the GM for the Mavericks, I'm getting two players, and and again, this is a team that I think needs players just to bolster around because this is a team with a lot of potential. Harrison Barnes is a really good starter. You look at Dennis Smith Jr. He was one of the best rookies last year, and if I am the Mavericks, I know that the Magic probably aren't taking a big, so I'm either getting Mo Bamba or Marvin Bagley at that seventh spot if I trade down, and I'm also getting. Uh, the 22nd pick where I can go get another guard to pair with Dennis Smith Jr. And if I'm the Bulls, Marvin Bagley doesn't fit me. Mm -hmm. Trey Young isn't really a need. Mikael Bridges, he could fit. He could work. But again, Marvin Bagley has more potential. You look at Mo Bamba, has more potential than Mikael Bridges, Wendell Carter, Miles Bridges. So you go up, get Mo Bamba, get a rim-protecting center Mm -hmm. that can play along with Markkanen, Mm -hmm. Levine, and Chris Dunn. I think it's a perfect fit for for Mo Bamba in Chicago. Ricky, I know you're going to talk about this a a little bit. For me, I was just going to throw out, there are only two guys I want in this draft. Like, I'd be happy with a Trey Young because I like Trey Young. I'd be happy with a McHale. He's my safety blanket if we stay at seven. But the two guys I want to see in this Bulls draft is I either want to see us trade up for Mo Bamba or trade up for Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Get one of those players, move up to get them, because neither of them are going to be at seven for us. And well, I, I think that there's a possibility of him not being there for you, the, mm-hmm. the Mo Bamba. And, and Dave, yeah. you clearly have that going where Mo Bamba goes to the Mavericks at five. I say, Sean, you're the one who sold me on. If the Mavericks are at five, you take Mo Bamba. If they're at three, you take well, Mo Bamba. I, again, if they're at one, you take Mo Bamba. Again, I think mm-hmm. if, if you're at five, you're the Mavericks, and you're and not trading out, that's, then that's, take Mo Bamba. That's my thought was like, but, why, why pass up on the guy who has the physicals mm-hmm. to be? one of your like key guys to work with Dennis Smith Jr. You got your one year five locked down now. I think Marvin Bagley does though because mm. Marvin Bagley again this guy's super athletic and the athletic ability between Dennis Smith Jr. and Marvin Bagley is going to be absolutely filthy yeah. and the ability to have Dirk Nowitzki pop off and sit behind that three point range mm-hmm. where Dennis Smith drives penetrates and then has rolling to the rim with him Marvin Bagley Jr. and then on the outside Wesley Matthews and Harrison Barnes that's a pretty damn good starting four uh, sorry, five. five. I don't yeah. forget how much four as in Marvin Bagley. Counts. Uh, but but again, I think this is going to be a guy that that really is able to contribute to you offensively. Yes, he might not be that good defensively, but he's mm-hmm. a lot to work with there. And again, I think Bagley's a safer pick than Mobamba. Mobamba has more potential. So if you're getting a guy that's safer 
in Marvin Bagley at seven and you're still able to penetrate and, and help this team's future at 22, mm-hmm. I think that's more important than getting the team, the, the player that at least, you know, probably fits your team best because I think Bagley still fits. He's safer and you're helping your team out at that 22nd where I think the Bulls, you're getting a player mm-hmm. that, again, has more potential and fits your, your team better than Marvin Bagley does. Yeah. So I think it's a win-win in that that perspective. Well, and that's like what Dave said with the, oh, if he's there at five, that's the whole reason I had the Bulls jump up to four. Because mm. if the Bulls, in my mind, if they're going to get Mo Bamba, they have to do it before five. He doesn't fall below the Mavericks. And, like, yeah, in mind, the Mavericks moved up for Michael Porter Jr., but Hawks would be the same thing. It's like, great, we got to move up for one of them because if he's at five— the Hawks will then take him at five. And for me, that's the Bulls and Grizzlies expect that to be a trade that happens on trade night. I'm for sure that it's going to happen when the Bulls trade up for Bamba. You can't just say for sure. What are you betting? Oh, he's locking I, it in. I, what I am, are you betting? For me, I am— Sean lost car. I lost I, my car. See, I can't I can't put my car on the line. I don't know what that's I That's fine. You drive us everywhere. I'll put my tinfoil hat on the line. I love it so no, much. No, you can't put the no, tinfoil hat no. on the line. I'll this put is, my tinfoil it's a prop hat set now. on the line. Think about it. I will. I don't know what I Mo do. Bamba for the Mavericks. Why him over Marvin Bagley? Because you had Marvin Bagley still available. Uh, straight up fit. I think the Mavericks, uh, they they need a five. They were kind of getting by using Dirk sparingly between the four and the five. And obviously, Nerland's Noel experiment did not work out well. And this is a guy who is just basically a better version of Nerland's Noel. Mm-hmm. Like, Worst case point. scenario, you end up with Nerlens with a, an amazing attitude yep. and someone who's actually got a really high basketball IQ. Everybody loved his interviews. Everything's been super positive about him. And, you know, they, like Ricky bragged about earlier, the, the shot improvements that he's tried to show mm-hmm. since the end of the season mm-hmm. during workouts. I think there's a lot to like about him. And fit-wise for this team, like I said, lock down the one, the five. You fill in the middle, and he's he's someone who you can see an excellent pairing. With. That's I think that, that that's huge too. That what you what you mentioned is the fact that he's able to he's willing to work. He wants yes. to work to get better. And I'm not saying that none of these other guys don't. But but again, we've seen this really shine from Mobamba that he wants to work. He wants to get better. I know all these guys do end up wanting to, but there's different <laughs> levels of this when right. you are a professional. And Mobamba, so far at the young age that he is. Show, so far has shined in that in that ability when we're looking at all these prospects that he does want to work and he want he does want to get better and and him coming out and, and killing it in interviews so far not only media but also in teams yep. I think it's huge so again I, I think the Mavericks wouldn't be losing too much going back and getting Marvin Bagley but if they're staying home take Mo Bamba yeah I just think they they don't stay home I think the Bulls are going to make an offer they can't refuse mm-hmm. in that seven and twenty two that they get the, the the guard that they need as well um at the five Ricky you do have the Hawks yeah. sitting there and they I, take Jaron Jackson and we already talked about we talked about J. it again Def- defense uh uh good old Lloyd uh Lloyd Pierce uh new head coach with of the Hawks Collins wants and, yeah. yeah wants defense Jaron Jackson probably the best defender right now in this draft, so it makes sense. Let's go to six. Ricky, the Clippers mm-hmm. trade up with the Magic. Our Magic fans are going to absolutely love that. The Magic get yeah. Tobias Harris back, the 12th pick, and the 13th pick. And the Clippers get Evan Fournier and the 6th pick to take mm-hmm. Luka Doncic. And you're going to correct me if I'm wrong. i got to apologize to Vigberg. Mm-hmm. Is that who it is? Magic uh, I'm sorry, because Don, Doncic is there, and he's like, oh, the Magic, and they don't take Luka Doncic. Why don't they and, take Luka Doncic? Well, the thing is I'm looking at for... The magic is, some people might say, well, why are we giving up Fournier? And it's because... Fournier. Fournier. You look at it, and he's going to be under contract until (laughs) until 2021. And it's like, if I can dump that contract, get a Tobias Harris back where 
really, I only have them Aren't for the year. Aren't they both being paid 18 mil? Yeah, well, Fournier is like 17. Okay, so, so it's, it's like, cheaper. It's a little bit cheaper, but they're in the same ballpark. So really, you're dumping a longer contract for a shorter contract. And really, the big thing is... Is Luca going to help us right away, or can I get those? The two-pick ammunition from the Clippers will really help. Saying, hey, I have a guy that could be done at the end of the year. Give me cap space. And then I can get two younger players at 12 and 13. That can help us all the same. Dave, what do you think about this trade? I am dying laughing because I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ricky. I uh, I know you come up with some creative stuff, but the Magic giving up their two-guard and then getting another 3-4 guy who, I don't know, last I checked, they, they had a couple of those already. They had the same guy. I mean, it's... it's it, they had Toby well, they had They had Toby. <laughs> they had Toby. They don't <laughs> do so great on that whole player development thing. I don't know if anybody's seen that, but uh, basically they can draft players who are decent, but like mm-hmm. they just got to go somewhere else, and then maybe this is a secret. Just bring him back. Next year, Victor Oladipo coming back home, filling that two-guard Sabonis hole that he created. Five years, yeah. Sabonis, exactly. <laughs> filling the two-hole that he created. <laughs> I'm just saying, unless you're rolling out Jonathan Isaac at the two, well, being a seven footer. The one like, thing that d- doesn't make sense for in my my, yeah. my eyes is is why why are the Magic getting rid of a longer contract? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, that's, that, that's the one thing that doesn't make sense to me. Why are they getting rid of a, a longer contract? For me, it's just to, because then they're gonna have to pay Toby. Un- unless you do that, but it's also hey, you know what? We're gonna try to. Does anyone want Evan Fournier there long term? Like he's a good shooter, and I feel he like, stretches the floor. And I feel like for the Clippers, it helps puts out up because a game. they're getting a they're getting a guy who. Yeah, Toby's not. Unless bad, you think but, Aaron Gordon's gone, do you think Aaron Gordon's gone? He could, but no, I don't. Oh, think well, then so. I don't blame. Um, originally, the trade. I'll just say it. Originally, before the whole um, Doncic report, well, news, and then other trades that have happened, the original thing I was going to have was a Kemba Walker move mm. for. The, the magic, magic here for yeah. the Hornets then to move up and take one. Trey Young. But then I went with the Clipper one because, like, the magic, you get picks, you get to dump that Fournier because it just opens cap room. You're going to, guys are going to hit free agency. We don't develop players that well. Let's go get free agency. So next they're, they're going to try to bank on their, uh, their recruiting pitch mm-hmm. of come to the magic. Come, come I, to the I, magic. I literally I don't mean, have anything after Disney, that. Disney World's right over there, or Disney, yeah, Man, whichever one. That's it about is. it. That, that's a hell of a recruiting pitch. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it, it's it's something where I think it's a. I think you're trying to. I think it, it feels like a little you're bit trying of to a force the story. I mm-hmm. think a little bit of a force, but but again, but if Luca's there at six, if, if Luca's there at six, the Clippers are whatever getting, the hell. I, want. I think the Clippers are getting a steal then. Yeah. If if, if, if Luca's there at six, you're getting Evan Fournier, who, who I think is again. I don't think there's a Quality drastic, starter. a drastic, you know talent difference there, especially mm-hmm. contract-wise. But can help a, them out in a more veteran yeah, role. No, he's going to help them out. I think it's a steal for the Clippers because yeah. then you 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 put him, Evan Fournier at the two. Lou Wills can still come off the bench. Mm-hmm. You still have two capable point guards. And then at the three, you have Luka Doncic. Yep. I think it's an yeah. absolute steal for the Clippers. I think the Magic are getting screwed, unfortunately, <laughs> in that one. Um, which but, sort of which fit the Magic Thor, like how they've done it in the last couple of years. And now the Magic unless, get a chance, though, to, at the 12 and 13, though, here's to the take question, two players. Here's the question I'll mm-hmm. ask. Would the magic then? Would the magic feel that and then go add a future first, and we're good? Maybe, but I mean, again, I think the Clippers the again Clippers are trying were to just push. Not on that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure. I think, well, yeah, I think the Clippers <laughs> are also that. trying to position themselves for a playoff. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get the 12 and 13, and then like a 22nd or like a 20th, mm-hmm. and, 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 and like future rounds. I don't think that's enough for for Luca or Luca. Again, in my mind, I, I think it's the player that you end up taking. Yeah, the, the fact that you're passing up Luca Doncic, who's a fit. 
for the 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 mm-hmm. the, the magic. I, I think that's the the biggest thing there is that you're passing up a fit in Luka Doncic. It's not really the Fournier Tobias Harris thing. It's just that you're you really you're passing up Luka Doncic, a guy who can be a future superstar for you. But maybe the Magic know that they can't develop players. It's like we don't even. But he's want already developed. No, 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 no. He's not developed enough. <laughs> he's not athletic. Put, put him back in the microwave somewhere else. Like he can just give it another go around and then come back. I don't know. I mean, like he's the safest pick right now, Luka Doncic. He's you literally can't fuck him up. Like unless you oh. unless you like send them in like on the teacups at Disney yeah. World like for a couple times like maybe, couple hours maybe they know maybe it'll be maybe disoriented they know something about him that we don't that he's a teacup addict that like if he went <laughs> to the magic he just spent all his time at Disney World he wouldn't even he's show up be, to practice he's gonna eat that uh, Mickey mice Mickey mouse Mickey mice Mickey mouse, <laughs> Mickey mouse ice cream he's a churro um, guy could you see him with the fat. ears yeah. <laughs> Luca's gonna get big. That's, that's oh, all that's gonna yeah. happen. He gets big. World. But Disneyland, that's different. So thick Luca. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If he goes to LA, it's different. He doesn't like Disneyland. He likes Disney World. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, at, at six, I have the Magic go with Trey Young. I don't think they move. I think you need to go get a superstar again. I think Count Sex is gonna be a better NBA pro than Trey Young. That's my hot take of of this whole. NBA draft, but I think mm-hmm. Trey Young still has more superstar potential. Trey Young at six, it's an easy fit. They need a guy who's going to be a dynamic point guard. They need a guy who's going to be a superstar for them. Yeah, we've, we've mocked Trae it all Young's year. There. But you kind of have the same thought process, Dave, yeah. for Trey Young, but the magic move. And then I said, like defense. That, that's what the ma- that that's what's going on here. So the you, Suns, the Suns trading up. The, the, the Suns swinging the colossal trade bat of all the picks that they can muster up. The Suns get picks six and thirty five from Orlando. Magic get picks sixteen thirty one. A future pick from the Bucks in twenty nineteen, which was from the Eric Bledsoe trade. Um, then the uh, future pick from the Suns in twenty nineteen, top three protected, and Marquise Chris. That's a Big haul there, and it might not be enough. They might have to throw in a note like a twenty twenty one from the mm-hmm. from the Heat. It's Pretty crazy, but and let's let's talk about the magic. Why do the magic do it? The magic do it because the magic need picks because they have no identity right now. They could lose Aaron Gordon in uh, the upcoming free agency. I know he's an RFA, but there there's always that discussion of you know what is your core right now. Rick, Ricky mentioned it earlier that Jonathan Isaac's the only safe guy on this team. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I don't know that they have anybody that they really love. So I'm looking at this going. All right, this gives me more ammo to go get players and figure out what exactly am I trying to build as the new general manager of this team. Not new, new, but like yeah, growing general manager of this team. So I think that this gives them enough ammo to fully reload a team with a bunch of young players and make sure that they can be built in his image. Because I know that you know they opted out of the Mario Hazonia contract right after, or right before Mario Hazonia was like. Oh, I get consistent playing time? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll show you what I can do now. Um, surprise, surprise, he can play basketball. So he's probably leaving for sure. Uh, point guard, they have none. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But by going back to uh, pick number 16, there are still a couple point guards on the board. I think they can maybe land something in free agency, or maybe they can work out another trade with the Hawks and go get Teague. Like, uh, I'm sorry, not Teague. I'm Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder, yeah, years ago, Jesus. <laughs> uh, they can go get Schroeder, who is disgruntled and doesn't want to play on that team. Mm-hmm. So, like, this gives them more options moving forward. At the same time, the Suns get the guy they love in DeAndre Ayton, and then the guy for the backcourt pairing of Devin Booker and Trey Young dropping threes from the stratosphere. Like, what? Come on. Well, Ricky, and I want to throw this to you because mm-hmm. we've been consistently. You know, I've been going to Dave for your thoughts on. It, I've been attacking trades. you a little. Come at what, me. What are your thoughts on, on Dave's trade? Do you think it's working out? Which team do you think wins this trade? Do you think I, it's even? What's your thoughts? I like it. Like I honestly do. And the thing why is when it comes to the Suns, how many years is it just going to be 
they're a lottery team. We're talking about like the best thing we're talking about the Suns is who they're going to take in the lottery. Who are they going to take in the top five? Are they going to get out they win the lottery? Exactly. Uh, yeah. And for the Suns, it does like Dave said. They're swinging the trade bat of you know what. We're going to the fences. We're getting DeAndre Ayton to be our big down low. We're going to get Trey Young to be our floor general out there and work with this young team. I mean, on the side of the magic, it's do you want to basically go full draft-wise of, hey, this is what we're going to do, and we're just going to go full on into the draft and could be fair, potentially had good be success in the past in the because, draft. They just can't well, develop. And the mm-hmm. other they thing cleared on out top that of that recently, is, so there's a chance. You yeah. mentioned Aaron Gordon. The question is, do they then think either this year or next year, moving Vucevic? Oh, do yeah. they do a Vucevic trade? Oh, I think trade? they're mo- thinking about moving Vucevic already. For only yeah. one yeah. person. Draymond straight, straight up. up. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, inside joke here, if you're new to the Fast Break Podcast. Um, God, I love, love Magic That's it going on for um, Forever. Two years now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something where the Suns, it's, it, that would be stupid. I mean, just like, just Trey Young, Devin mm-hmm. Booker, Why? Josh Jackson. Why not pull the Dragon trigger? Bender. And no, I'm guy. saying like stupid. Just oh. the thought of oh, it. Oh, having that talent? <laughs> Trey Young, like stupid good. Like how bad the defense would be. <laughs> how yeah. much space there would be for DeAndre Ayton to work inside. Like, it'd be insane. Like, it's, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Josh Jackson, They're going to give up about 115 Bender. a game, but <laughs> they're, they're going to put up about 114 and a game. And their threes possession, like, per 100 possession would be, like, 50. Like, just, half the time they'd be shooting threes. It'd it be would absolutely be incredible. I, I don't know. It, it, you it's, still got Josh Jackson. You still got TJ Warren. You still got, like, come on. I think it's bold. Oh, okay. I, I think it's I think I, it's very bold. Do I need to? You deserve I know it. I'm putting mine oh, on. I think you okay. deserve The reason why I'm putting mine on is this ain't going to happen. That's why I'm tinfoil hatting right now. Here's what's going to happen you with the Suns. You deserve it. They're gonna, they'll have to fire Igor for this in a two years, but oh, you'll figure it out. After the Rockets can still yet to beat the Warriors, uh, their coach will leave and D'Antoni will come back to the Suns because this is a perfect fit. Yep. Spread the floor, shoot the three, big guy down low, and DeAndre Ayton and the Who Suns can stretch the come floor back to their home. Yeah, I just had to put on some That Mike Dan Antoni. Yeah, they <laughs> Dan always, Antoni. all five of them just might sit behind the three points. Exactly. Why <laughs> even play in the paint? It's a new strategy. <laughs> how, how, I love how he's got the head on. He's doing the. How much do you like? Do you think this is happening at all, though, or do you think it's possible? Uh, it's I think possible. it's possible that they trade up, uh, that they get another top ten pick. Well, yes. KG okay. told me anything is I don't, possible. In the words KG, um, I think that this is the year the Suns try to do something special because nobody wants to go there in fringy. They're going to throw mm-hmm. a max contract at uh, maybe Clint Capella, maybe DeAndre uh, Jordan. And like I don't know, like they're they they can fill in the center if they don't believe that eight or if they believe Aiton wants to play the four, and they don't think Bender or Chris can cover at the five and have that like double pairing. So I don't know. <laughs> just imagine how this is gonna look on YouTube <laughs> with you just like curled up in a ball, like well, I the aliens. Well, I, <laughs> I love it because he's doing that to keep the headphones on his ears. I was trying. I was oh, trying. <laughs> look, they're gonna throw money around. They're trying to make a splash. They're trying to make this the Suns team. Like Ricky said, mm-hmm. how long have you been stuck in the middle, at the bottom yeah. to the middle? In the like middle. you I, gotta, I, you gotta do something. I understand it from the Suns side. Yes, there's gonna be no defense played. Um, but you have one of those potentially potent offenses in the in the same theory yeah. of mm-hmm. oh Steph Curry and uh, 
Clay Thompson? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got Dev Booker and Trey Young. And DeAndre Ayton on the and inside. And now I've got DeAndre Ayton in the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe Dragon Bender, who turns into the, the and next Josh Jackson, best stri- who continues to improve forward. all last year. Yeah. I, so like, I mean, again, I understand from and the And TJ Warren come off the bench, you know, tons love, of disrespect. And I love because you love him. Um, but it's one thing where I just, I just don't know with, with the magic. Like you, you have the ability to draft a superstar. But you're the magic. And you've been, yeah, and and you've That's been screwing problem. up drafting superstars. You traded all of them. Uh, yeah. But so, see, they don't screw up in drafting them. That's the point, Sean. I think it's something, and I forgot the camera was even shutting off, so we'll mm. get it back up for uh, for the for the next picks. But um, the, with the magic, again, you have Trey Young there, and I get it. You're going to be getting a ton of assets down the road but yeah this is a team that i think you just need to finally just get a guy and take take another shot and try to get a superstar and i think trey young's that guy um and i think you you pair him with aaron gordon you pair him with jonathan isaac and evan fournier that could be a pretty potent offense out there and, and bismack biombo and, and bismack biombo as well um because we know that guy is so good offensively um but i i think it's something where the magic i think you got to play it safe here and and, and maybe it is playing too safe mm. Um, trying to take all of those picks. I think just stay at your spot. But I'm also an old man, and I don't like traits. Um, so uh, at the Magic, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Right. I understand where you're coming from the Clippers. If Luka's up there, I think the Clippers are going to throw everything that they can Absolutely. to get Luka. I just think the Magic stay home and take Trey Young. Let's move on You know, past the Magic pack, past number six. We're already an hour into the mock draft. Um, and we still have, I think, four more picks here. So you guys um, want still, content. This could still, be a 24-hour podcast. We still have, oh, Jesus Christ. We still have more <laughs> traits to get to as well. But before we do that, again, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to be like Zani, Jake, or any of the great patrons that we have and be on a podcast, check that out, that $10 tier. Also, don't forget to support us at mosoilpodcast.com if you don't want to miss anything or if you want to buy some T-shirts. Uh, we have those up on our store. But let's jump into 53. pick three. More picks to go. Pick number seven. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! The way you put it that, uh, the, the way you put it that, the way you put it that way is it's terrifying. <laughs> uh, but at seven, I have the Mavericks with the trade with the Bulls. Again, if you missed out on that, uh, the Bulls uh, trade the fifth, uh, seventh, and twenty second to the Mavericks. Mavericks uh, trade the fifth pick, so it's a seven twenty two for five swap. The Mavericks have Marvin Bagley again. I love the athleticism that he's going to bring to this team. Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, um, West Math, and and Dirk Nowitzki being shooters in the outside and obviously Dennis Smith Jr. I think that is a, a very athletic and, and modern day um, NBA starting five outside of Dirk but you're not going to re- get rid of Dirk and even then Dirk can still shoot it from the outside. I still like this for the Mavericks and you're still picking up those two picks back in the back end of the draft, I think that's going to help you um, at least, you know, surpr- you know, help uh, you know fill out the depth at the forward position and the guard position. Um, so that's why I like the trade for the Mavericks. Um, I don't think it's it's too much I need to defend there. But Ricky at seven. What, what you got? Because I, I can't I, even think to, right now. With well, the, to be honest, the I'm war looking field at my mock, you have. and I don't know what I said earlier, but I think something happened with the Google Sheet. I think my mock got messed up because I'm what? looking at Wendell Carter and I'm going, why would they take Wendell Carter? If I had them get Bobby Portis in the Bulls trade. Because then you have Bobby Portis, Wendell Carter, and well, Gasol. And that's what I'm thinking. I, I, Gasol, okay. when so, Gasol leaves? So here's what I'm going to do yeah. because of it. I'm I gonna, think you can rock I'm that. I'm going to keep Wendell Carter there because yeah. that's what I said earlier. But the other pick I was thinking was Mikhail Bridges. Because you know what? You got Porter in that. You can go with uh, Mikhail to be your three. But really for me, like Wendell or Bridges should be the pick here for the Grizzlies. Either whether you think you go Bobby and Wendell kind of together at the four then, or if you go with a Mikhail to be your three and D guy. Because, like I said, Bulls-wise, for this Bulls homerism in the back, Mm -hmm. if we don't get Porter, we don't get Bamba, I want Mikhail Bridges in my red Bulls uniform so I can buy it 
day one of well day one after the draft is over and to be fair like wendell carter like he could also he's also he five, could also play so, with five yeah like I mean, don't don't discount his only four because he's and definitely I mean, five. to be honest i've also been on the tray train of they should have gotten rid of marcus saul and not fizdale so there's that as well yeah so i think i think there was a little bit of mm-hmm. that in there yeah I, I don't know i think that i just looked at it, i'm like what was i doing i don't know we'll you, you did have the uh the the right mm-hmm. there the uh the grizzlies going with count sexton so okay. then you, you flipped it uh, a little bit a while ago. That was June seventh. Okay. You had him go with Concept, and that was with a a trade with the uh, mm-hmm. the, the Bulls. I think I don't yeah. remember what the trade was. <laughs> uh, but you did have him go with Concept at some point. But now you have him going with Wendell Carter Jr. Mm-hmm. again. I think Mikael Bridges could be a nice fit as well. Obviously, yeah. Um, you know, on the outside. But again, I mean, if if you do have Tyreek Evans, who's going to be around there for a little bit longer, if you do have Michael Porter Jr. is going to be around there for a while. Marcus Saul might not be, and if you want to move away from him, Wendell Carter could step in. Um, again, Wendell Carter, I think, is is a guy that is not getting a, a ton of credit because he's kind of like Mikael Bridges, where he mm-hmm. does a lot well. He's a very well-rounded player, but he isn't really a sexy pick. He's not a Michael Porter Jr. who was the number one player right. out of high school. who could be the next six eleven shooter from the outside. He's not Marvin Bagley, who's again a six eleven power forward who's a monster. DeAndre Ayton, who's seven one with a seven three wingspan, who's you know the f- most freakish athlete we've seen coming out of the draft and coming out of college in years or a Luka Doncic is one of the most experienced players, he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe people are scared by that because he's not a, he, he might not have the potential to be a superstar, but he has the potential of being a very great player or a very good player, and mm-hmm. there's not really yeah, a— the floor a, a, there is pretty high. Yeah, and then the ceiling there might be limited, but again, he's, I mean, he's definitely— Al worth, Horford is always the one you want to hear. That's what I'm saying, though. I so mean, if, that, if he turns into good. Al Horford, pretty damn good pick. Yeah. Um, and, and you know one of these guys is going to you know bust out at some point. Um, Incredibly, Dave, yeah. Let's look at your pick at seven. Sure. You, uh, I, I keep forgetting. How Utah seven. going? Utah. Oh, the, yeah, This I is forgot. the Utah deal. This is where uh, Utah comes in. Utah receives this pick number seven and Cristiano Felicio. Chicago receives pick number 15. Alec Burks, a future first-round pick from the Utah Jazz. A and lot that of one, protected and turns into future first? No problem. Yeah, that's, that's where I wasn't sure. I was <laughs> like, I don't know value-wise if they have to give us two firsts to move up uh, because they are eating that Cristiano Felicio mm-hmm. contract that we didn't want. You know, that we yep. gave them because we're, we're geniuses with Gar and Pax. Um, so maybe it's just the lotto protect that turns into a future unprotected, or maybe it's another, you know, protected something down the road. Either way, the Bulls, like you said earlier, you alluded to, the Marvin Bagley fit next to Lowry Markinen is not ideal. You end up with two offensive bigs. Neither one of them can play a look at inside defense around the rim. So you look around, you're like, all right, we're trading back. Let's look. Let's see what's out there. And I go back to Utah. Utah is a team who would love to have someone who is a high-energy guy who can run the floor, add a ton of offense, because mm-hmm. defensively, this team is stout. Like This is one of the best defensively te- defensive teams out there. And then him next to Gobert, mm. like, mm. And the athleticism you're going to get from uh, him and Don Mitch, Mitch, and then exactly. also the speed that Ricky Rubio, Don Mitch, and Bagley can present. And then jumping Joe Jingles. Pretty damn good. And Joe Ingles on the outside. I mean, it's, it's, I understand jump why Utah jump. does it. But like, it, It's a good fit, and it adds mm-hmm. offense to a team that desperately needed it during the playoffs where they ran through chunks where it was just like, where is this scoring coming from? It's not Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and so, I mean, we've talked about Marvin Bagley possibly coming in and just putting up 19 and 10. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and that, that's the thing. Like, if he falls here, and mine, he fell here, he has the value of a top three guy. Mm-hmm. So Utah, loving the idea that, yeah, we can need a little contract. We'll give you Alec Burks. Like, he didn't, you know, pan out ex- exactly how we expected. 
But now we get a guy who can be a huge addition. Ricky, Ricky, what I want to, want to do mm-hmm. is, is keep Dave's you know uh, trade in mind and, okay. and, and, and put yourself in into your VidCon hotel. All right. Okay. You and Dave are there watching the NBA oh, man, draft. Be great. And, at this and, time, and the, we'll be at the uh, reception. The industry. I'm not going. Reception. Okay. I'm watching the. You're draft. not going. <laughs> um, say you're watching the draft because that's mm-hmm. what you should be doing. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna be Sean. Don't and, worry. And, about and, and, and 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 you see on the screen, mm-hmm. Bulls at seven. They're ready to pick. They trade mm-hmm. with Utah. They receive the seventh pick, and they move back to 15. What are your thoughts on that? Well, technically, they're going to be moving back to, to 21 uh, because because, a, because of a pissed. deal with uh, Dave. Dave has the secondary trade yeah. back I'm, up to 15. I'm pissed. But they move back to 21. I'm pissed. Thoughts? I'm pissed. At that point, if Porter's off the board, if Bamba's off the board, I eat it and I take Mikhail Bridges because, like, with this one— I get what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You're trying to dump Felatio's contract. You're trying to um, move some picks. Felatio. Yeah, I always yeah, say yeah, like that. Felatio. That's a Felatio, I think, is a little just, different. Just roll with it. We are demonetized I mean, now that you said Felatio. The thing that I look at is I'm looking at that going, why? Why are we doing that? Because Why you are don't we love back? anybody else. You wanted Porter. You wanted Bomba. You didn't get mm-hmm. it done. You didn't move up. They both got taken. So now and I don't have anybody else I love. Yeah. So why not go for value? I can get mm-hmm. cap on my team, which is valuable because I can already get a max. Maybe I can make something interesting happen on this team and speed up our timeline. And I'm still getting a first round talent. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm going, I mean, the fu- we can come back. The future picks are nice. But, like, lotto protected, let's be honest, Jazz will make the playoffs again, so we'll get that we'll get pick. It. Yeah, so we'll get, like, a 20 through, you know. The only thing I, like, and maybe the reason why I'd be pissed is yep. because I have already been on the side of, like I said, move up for one of the two guys you want. If you haven't done that, yep. you failed, in my mind. I think it's going to be something huge if the Bulls do move back mm-hmm. all the way from out, outside of the top 10 into the 22nd. It doesn't Wouldn't really be the ma- first time we move back. It, it, but it doesn't Was matter. Was it the really Hansbro, about- the Tyler Hansbro yeah. trade we moved but back? But I don't think you moved back that far. No, but we um, moved back. I think the that's the biggest thing. Is oh, Again, right. again mm-hmm. knowing how many Bulls fans watch our videos, knowing how, you know, how, mm-hmm. how crazy living in Chicago Bulls fans can be, that happens. The United Center might be burned down before the picks even thrown in. I mean, Probably. like, that's that's the thing. It's like, it, it, do I understand what you're doing, Dave? Yes. And, and, and do I understand mm. how it works for Utah? Hell yes. I think Utah is the winner in this because, again, you have now uh, Rudy Gobert, who's, def- you know, one of the best defenders in, in all of the NBA, still young. You have Donovan Mitchell, who's now a superstar in the NBA, and he looks like one of those guys that's going to be working consistently to get better. He's just one of those guys that's a great personality. And then you're adding Marvin Bagley, who's a guy that, again, is going to add so much depth to this team. And you really have a big three. Maybe it's not a crazy big three like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, but these two guys, these three guys, can develop into something that we've never seen before. Clippers esque, <laughs> Clipper esque in in uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Chris Paul. I mean, it could be something like that. So it, it's interesting what you're doing with Utah there. But again, with the Bulls, it's just like how much does the future mean when you have the ability to rebuild? You just tanked pretty much to get this. But they seven failed pick. the tanking. They failed the, the tank. They failed tanking. And they failed the tank. Just to correct, because the league. I know I when I wrote this, it was like one weird massive trade that I broke up in two. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely Chicago to the twenty first pick, and then it would be two future. It would mm-hmm. be the two futures from Utah Jazz. And Chicago ends up moving up, but we'll get we'll get into that yeah. when we hit it the eleven through twenty. And by the way, I, I was just, wrong. The Tyler Hasbro was not a trade. I just wanted him to the Bulls that year. I remember mm-hmm. that. No, oh, great. That was me being wrong. Psycho team took him. Um, but I, I think it's just something where again, it, there's not going to be there, there's not it's it's the, the fall that they have is mm-hmm. too big, and I think that's the biggest thing with the Bulls. Yes, they have the ability to trade back up, but. 
I, I just don't think it's going to happen unless it is a three-team trade where they do get that 15th pick right I was away. Pretty, I was like $800,000 off of that. Yeah. Literally that close. Uh, so that's why I had to be broken into two. And we will move now into the eighth pick. I do have a trade. So I'm going to throw it out there. 76ers mm-hmm. are now picking at eight. They trade with the Cavs. The 76ers received the eighth pick. The Cavs received the 10th, 38th, and 39th picks in the second round. 76ers have six total picks in this draft. They have the capital to move up. And Cleveland, with it possibly being you know, the, the truth that LeBron James is going to be leaving after being swept in the finals, they might be looking to get younger, get yep. players. And the 76ers, their best fit right now on the board is Mikhail Bridges, the Cavs, are going to be able to get capital. I think it's an easy flip for them. 76ers get the guy that they want, Mikael Bridges. He's going to be a 3 and D player that's going to be able to be controlled, unlike, you know, like a, a, a Rocco or a J.J. Well, Redick. Rocco's already locked down for, like, yeah, four he more is. years. But, but, but I'm saying, like, again, he, he's he's much cheaper than oh, Rocco. Yeah. And then, you know, J.J. Redick, you're not going to have him locked up. Mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges, 3 and D guy, you know, possibly one of the best three uh, the defenders coming out of this draft, um, at least in the forward position, and he's a good three-point shooter. I think he's a great fit for that 76ers team, pairing on the outside with Joe, Ben. I think it's, you know, great. And the Cavs, again, with that unknowingness of what mm-hmm. LeBron's going to do, you still stay in the top ten, and you get two players later in the draft where the 76ers don't really need those players. They'd rather have the guy that's going to quality for well, them. And the thing I like most about your trade is two things. First off, I have Mikhail going to the... 76ers also, just two picks later. But also, your trade hits the two biggest questions about each of these teams. Mm-hmm. One for the Cavs, it's by the basically now it's more clear than it was before. After the finals, all right, how do we gear up for post LeBron? Because yes, there's a chance. Mm-hmm. When I say everything's on the table, staying in Cleveland is table. still on the table. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, but right. do you really think that it's going to happen? So. Do you try to get picks to then say, oh, we're going to get younger? Think of the 76ers I was thinking mainly doing this full two round is if they want to get into the sweepstakes for LeBron James, why am I going to just be drafting, drafting, drafting and bringing in? Yeah, they're lower contracts, but why am I going to be drafting, bringing in players? And could we see the 76ers overall in this draft try to ship picks out or Take picks together to move up and get one pick. So well, that's they're what not I think taking they're doing. a ton of. You're yeah. taking three of your picks yeah. to get Mikael Bridges. Exactly. I think that's the biggest thing with them because they're um, also in the LeBron deal, mm-hmm. which they'll need cap. To and do and that. I think one thing with the Cavs is not only you're planning for post LeBron, but also mm-hmm. you're not taking that big of a fall where you can have any of the three guys that you know are, are from eight to ten: Mikael, Miles, Wendell Carter, even Colin Sexton, Kevin Knox that fit this team. Mm-hmm. Where I think the best fit for the 76ers is very clear. In Mikhail Bridges, he's mm-hmm. going to bring that that three and D for you. I think I think that's the reason why 76ers do it because they have the ability to do it. The Cavs want to at least fill out this team, this mm-hmm. roster. Um, you know, they might not have the cap to do it if LeBron does come back and take mm-hmm. a max. But then again, you're going to have to move some of these players. Rodney Hood might be one of those players. Jordan Clarkson should be one of those players. Um, so if, if LeBron does stay, you're at least bringing in youth like uh, you know the Miles Bridges, who I take a little bit later, and then also two second rounders. Um, that one is a drafting session, pretty sure, and the other one is a guy that's going to step in right away um, and possibly give you minutes off the bench. I, I think this just helps both of these teams because not only of the unknowing future of is LeBron going to stay with one mm-hmm. of these teams? Yeah. But also, it's you know, the Cavs need depth. 76ers need uh, another piece. Another wing. So you can just say it. I think, I think that's the thing with the 76ers. Yep. Um, at eight, Dave, what do you got going? At eight, I've got the Cavs staying home and taking Colin Sexton. Add the guy who has the potential to be a stud. Like He, he has star written on him. We watched what he did at Alabama. He's a one-man wrecking crew. 
He's like a reckless, better version of Eric Bledsoe at times. Like he'll go he, one on five. He will. I mean, three on five, but still same. Mm. Well, same I mean, diff. it was him versus five in yeah. that last few minutes. Let's fair be enough, honest. Fair enough. Um, point being, you you go for someone who can kind of fill that void of LeBron James. Worst case scenario, best case scenario, you go for a primary ball handler mm-hmm. to add alongside LeBron James because he needs help. And why not go for somebody who can actually score something that the uh, the Cavs literally couldn't do no. for large portions of the mm-hmm. playoffs this year. So, you know, I think I think all in all, perfect fit for him guard wise. It fills a need, and it, it's somebody who would totally be embraced in Cleveland. Well, that's why for me, I got what you're going with, Dave. I got mm-hmm. the point guard. I'm going with a different one though, and I know yours is off the board because yeah. the Suns got bold. Trey Young's the guy because even if LeBron leaves, you can build around this guy and he can become a centerpiece for your mm-hmm. team. Yeah. But also if LeBron stays, hey LeBron, we know we couldn't beat Steph. So let's get the guy people are calling the well, next Steph who brings not just the three-point shooting, but can also be a facilitator. And we know that you have said you want to play a little bit more off ball. And he wants to play with in playmakers too. Yeah. yeah. So, but, and I think, so let me parry up with Trey Young, an up-and-coming playmaker. I think the best scenarios for the Cavs is Trey Young falls mm-hmm. to them or Michael Porter Jr. falls to them. Mm-hmm. Those are the two best scenarios. Or Mo Bamba. Like, those are the three best scenarios for them. Otherwise, um, trade back? No, I think those are just the three best scenarios okay. for them. Does, if, if does the lack happen, of defense for Trey Young scare you if you're the Cavs? I mean, could you imagine the finals? Steph Curry with even less defense on him? I mean, is terrifying. But also, I mean, let's let's just look at it this way. I mean, offensively, like he's not going shot for shot I, with anybody. I, I don't know what, what's gonna like. The thing is, is like Jordan Clarkson sucked offensively, yeah. defensively. Mm-hmm. He sucked. He sucked, he sucked everywhere. So it's yeah, something where it's something where it's something the Cavs where, game plan wasn't the best either. No, they were horrible. It was it was a horrible. Tyler's not exactly um, a great coach. Mm-hmm. But the thing the thing is is like I, I don't see where they can get worse. Yes, George Hill is a better defender. And than, a than very Trae good Young. shooter still. Yeah. Um, but I still think you can work him in and you could find ways to have George Hill on the floor and Trey Young on the floor. Kyle was run off the floor oh. because he, he was literally couldn't defend. Run off the floor. And Ryan then he couldn't shoot at the same time, which was wasn't a good defender. I mean, they, they don't have an answer for, for, for Steph, mm-hmm. no matter what. I don't think they're going to get an no, answer here at all. if you want Callan Sexton, who is available on Ricky's board still, that's mm-hmm. my question, is if mm-hmm. they're both available, you think the better facilitating I, and three-point shooting beats out you know, somebody who is a two-way player, yes, and more physical. I, I think, yeah, I, I think the physicality is definitely going to play into this. But I think the biggest thing is that you're 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 not going to slow down the Warriors' offense. Yes, mm-hmm. at some points they might have bad nights, mm-hmm. but I think it's more of Steph having a bad night than being slowed down, being stopped. I don't think Colin Sexton is going to be a, 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 a Steph Curry stopper. No, where I think the is. offensive gain that Trey Young could bring to. The Cavs, I think that's going to be greater than what Colin Sexton can bring defensively. Okay. And I think also look at the shooting that Trey Young can bring. If LeBron's creating and Trey Young's wide open, yep. he's not missing those threes. Where Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, George Hill, Caleb were missing those threes consistently. Yeah. And if Trey Young's hitting those shots on the outside, which Colin Sexton really can't do, mm-hmm. um, at least to the level of Trey not, Young, not an efficient level. Um, that's going to open up everybody else a little bit more. That's going to put more focus on everybody else. Um, so I think that's the thing where I, I like Trey Young better in that Cavs scenario than Colin Sexton because he does more offensively for you. And and even though defensively the Warriors were able to dominate uh, the Cavs, the biggest thing also too was LeBron wasn't stepping up on KD, and KD was able to do whatever he wants, and that means they're gonna have to you know focus more on KD, which opens up Steph a little bit more. So I think if you're able to have LeBron be a better defender on KD, which he hasn't shown he's been able to do over the past two years, 
Um, that's more of a, an issue that I think you need to fix rather than, you know, the guy that you're going to draft, try to stop Steph Curry. So that's, mm. I think, it, what it boils down to. Um, Ricky, you talked about yours. I did. I you, had the Cavs with Trey Young. You talked about yours, Dave, didn't you? At mm-hmm. eight? Yes. I'm trying to forget. This has been like yeah, the no. longest podcast ever. So we're going to nine. The Knicks. <laughs> New York Knicks. Uh, Ricky, we'll go to you. The I'll be Knicks com- on the board. We got them going with? I'll be completely honest. I first, I had him go with Kevin Knox. I wanted them to trade up for trade up for Trey Young so bad. Mm-hmm. I just the thing is with this team, they have nothing that other teams would want. I'm like, oh Tim Hardaway, no nobody wants that. Oh Courtney, no nobody wants. Like they have nothing that teams would want. Disrespectful to Courtney Lee. To, first of all, well I mean, I take Courtney. Lee no team. other team would mm. want Courtney. Which Lee team is that, Sean? Over a like Trey Young and like. <laughs> That's why I wanted them to trade nice. up, but I had to go with Kevin Knox. Go with go with the wing. Go with the more developing wing that we can say, hey, we're not going to compete this year unless we get LeBron, but it's not going to happen. I'll take Kevin <laughs> Kevin Knox. We'll develop him. We'll move on to the next draft and wait when KP becomes healthy. I kind of went along the same line and, and mindset, but I didn't go with a wing because I think that you look at this Knicks team, mm-hmm. they're going to be bad. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. They're going to be bad. And they have their pick. So I think the thing is, and I talked about this before, I think if they go with Wendell Carter, who's mm-hmm. going to be able to fill in for Enos once Enos leaves, and then you pair that next to Kristaps, that is going to then leave you to take a guy like R.J. Barrett if you are number one overall. I know, obviously, you know, being number one out of high school means nothing, but R.J. Barrett looks mm-hmm. legit. No, that, that's sort and, of the same theory behind my bullshit, too. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have the three pick available, if, I mean, if you, if you have a, a, the three position open and you have the number mm-hmm. one pick— you're taking R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I think that's uh, a pretty damn nice thing. So where is now that you why have you put the tinfoil hat on, Frank? Uh, no, I put it on just because I said the magic. Okay, um, I was confused. Team the magic. I was confused. But I, but I think it's with the Knicks. Is again, you're gonna have Frank out there. You're gonna have KP. Mm-hmm. Then adding Wendell Carter Jr. That's such a young core, and you got a guy like R.J. Barrett who's super mm-hmm. dynamic. I think that could be absolutely disgusting. I think this is a, this is a pick for the future. This isn't the Knicks' pick to solidify, you know, the, their big three. Mm-hmm. This is the pick to at least bolster the three and at least give Kristaps and and Frank more help. I think that's the biggest thing uh, with the Knicks. What they're doing here is drafting for the future. Yes, Miles Bridges would fit at that three spot, but I think you can get a bigger upgrade later on. And also, Tim Hardaway can still play that three yeah. for the, for the next year. Um, yeah. So I don't think the three is a position they need to address right away. Enos might not even be on the team this year because I think he does have an option. Um, but even if he takes he that up, he's a player, I it, believe. Yeah, even if he if he if he takes that up, he's he might be gone next year. So right. I think that's the biggest thing with the Knicks is filling that position with Wendell Carter, who's going to be able to facilitate for Kristaps, for Frank, and mm-hmm. then for a guy like R.J. Barrett if you draft him next year. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for the Knicks is, is take a guy that's going to help you um, down in the future rather than the upcoming year um, in Kevin Knox. And yeah, Kevin Knox can develop, but again, I don't I don't know if Kevin Knox at nine is is the right slot there and Dave you have pretty much the same line I think you have Wendell Carter going in the next I also have Wendell Carter going there and I think fantastic fit first year too because like you said guess what uh, Enos is going to be your uh, four or five out there you Mm -hmm. can roll Carter right next to him because KP's out injured as soon as he comes back guess what you run Wendell off the bench pairing with either one of them and then if Enos uh, decide you know if if Wendell can live up to like crazy expectations Enos again re-signs with them after for like a long-term contract you can roll him off the bench, and he can go back to being the dominant score off the bench, so you don't miss a note. Like I think that lineup-wise, he is a fantastic fit. I've got concerns about Knox's growth, and you know, will he ever be a elite ball handler? You know, um, some of the comments that came out uh, about his play style, where you know, 
you would see him become less engaged unless he got like physically into it. Like he's got to learn to bang, build up that body a little bit and get him really motivated. And that's one of the things that I, I feel like that's why he would fall a bit. And if I'm the Knicks, I'm going, why would I not want the perfect big to pair with Christoph Porzingis? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure my best player has a has all of his gaps covered by our our next draft pick. Like it's perfect. And Sean, I agree as far as next year. They're going to be at the top, but my thing was more for the Bulls to do that. I, you kind of sniped that out for me, but that's fair. That's fair. I think the thing with Wendell Carter, though, is just that he's safe. He's a yeah, very safe exactly. pick. Where Kevin Knox, it's going to take a lot to develop him, and you're already doing that with Frank. I don't, Frank's taking well, a lot the thing. to like, develop. That's why I didn't want to stab at another point guard or shooting well, guard potential person. The only guy that I like there is Trey Young. If we're talking guard, if he's available, you would Trey take Young Trey. to the Knicks. Okay. And I've talked about this before, because yeah. Frank... We've seen him already in his first year be a dominant defender. Yep. You pair that with the worst defender in Trey Young. You can kind of cover up for as a, a guard. Bit. He can cover up. Or you go the other way. Nice bang and bang. Shea Gilgis Alexander, and you defend everything. Possibly. <laughs> you don't. Maybe they don't score through the guards, but you defend everything. <laughs> you build a wall. Grit and grind, Whoa. baby. The <laughs> build build a fucking wall. Yes. Uh, anyways. Uh, we'll move, move on to the final pick. We'll wrap this up in uh, a whole hour and 30 minutes for 1 <laughs> through 10. Uh, Ricky, at number 10, you have the 76ers going with whom? I'm not going to elaborate much on it because much of it is just why you had him um, trade up for this. Yep. Mikael Bridges. And the whole thing is not only is he a Villanova Hova guy, so he stays in Philly, mm-hmm. but it's a wing that can play Wang. defense on the outside Wangs. and shoot from the three. I'm going to so, strap a... I don't know why I said it like three. that. Three. I don't know. I was elaborating there, and I was like, oh, this is not going to Be- end Before well. that, I was just about to say ditto, but then he dropped that three. <laughs> or, so I feel like uh, I got to explain some myself. trade trays on you. I feel, Jesus. I feel <laughs> like I explained myself for picking Mikhail here as well then, because I also have the 76ers taking Mikhail Bridges. Uh, it, it's what we saw in the playoffs last year. It's a reactionary pick. I think that the biggest takeaway from their series against the Celtics was that Teams who are switchable, who have multiple guys between six five or, or six four and like six nine, have they, they just don't have enough answers to that. When they switch around, Robert Covington is an extremely streaky shooter. Yes, as the season averages out, but during playoff games, when it goes crucial and he goes cold, you need someone else who can step up and take mm-hmm. that three and D mantle from him. And what better person than uh, Mikhail Bridges? Take Ugh. the mantle from him. I, yep. And I, I think the one thing that I, I looked at is obviously, again, I think Mikhail Bridges fits perfectly for 76ers. That's why they trade up and get him. Um, and that leaves the Cavs at 10, taking Miles Bridges from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, mm-hmm. a, an absolute fantastic fit. Miles Bridges was a guy I was huge on last year. Yes. And, and, and the thing is, is that you know, there's other players that always catch your eye, but Miles Bridges got better. And that, that's the thing. is He, 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 he took a, a year he? back. At Miles Bridges, he, he became a better shooter. I mean, at the line, he became more efficient, 85%. He didn't improve his three-point percentage, but also he still stayed around the same, which is 36%. And I think that's Not still going to continue, yeah. continue, where he's now becoming a better shooter overall. I think that's going to continue. And his body's great. He's a guy that's still a freak athlete. He's a guy that you can, can use a big body and, and drive. He's a, he's a great athletic guy who can really attack the rim. Um, I, I think one thing, too, is that He's also a guy that might be able to bring defensive versatility to this Cavs team. And if LeBron stays, that's 
so crucial. Where on switches, you're not going to worry too much like, oh, well, fuck, now we got K-Love on, on, on KD. Miles Bridges might not be great right away as a rookie, but I think he might be able to, at least down the road, bring more defensive versatility to this team. I think offensively, he's just he's, he's, he's a great addition. I think offensively, and, and he can develop into a great defender, if LeBron leaves, I think Miles Bridges could turn mm-hmm. into a, a guy that really could be a, a possible number one. Um, I think he's a guy that, uh, again, he improved this season. He was a leader this season. And I think the biggest thing is that he he is very well-rounded offensively. Not a great passer, but I think that's the only downfall that he does have. Um, not a great shot creator for himself, so he won't be in a ton of ISO. But if he's playing with LeBron James, that's not going to matter too much. Um, and then defense, he does enough to at least help this Cavs team if LeBron's there. And then if he is the only solo guy on this Cavs team, he's going to have time to develop that shot creation, you know, work in ISO. And then also it's going to depend on how this team's going to change if LeBron leaves. We don't really know. I think Miles Bridges is the best available player to really help this team going forward. Now I've got a stupid question for you. Yes. Isn't he just like a little bit smaller, Jeff Green? With maybe is he, is he as inconsistent as Jeff Green? Well, I think one thing is it, no, the, like body body shape, okay. what he can do on the court for you. I think it's like, pretty only, fair. That's the only thing comparison. I was thinking was like, is no, he I know more, Jeff Green has be, the hilarious consistency. Is he going to be more consistent than Jeff Green? But at the same time, Jeff Green, you know, went on can mm-hmm. really give you a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Like when I when I see him, it's hard for me to go like that's a guy who can be a one on my team mm-hmm. and lead us because he's yeah. like. He's a little small. He's small to be the four. He's a little big for the three, but I think he fits a three. And then it's, you know, what can he bring to my team every day? Because we saw him. I asked the question, did he get better? Because statistically, advanced stats, yes. But on paper, you know, if you look at, like, his contributions to Michigan State this year, you know, the numbers don't jump out at you. It doesn't make you go, wow, that guy is being a leader. I mean, he still averaged 17 points per game, seven boards, had about 2.7 assists per game, shot 46% from the field, 36% from three, and 85 from the line. I mean, he, he hit big shots. He had a big one, I think, against Wisconsin. Um, these are the final thoughts, too. I think the camera's going to die on a little mm-hmm. bit, too, and we'll move into 11 through 20. But I think Miles Bridges can be a guy that, that, that has put everything on his shoulders before on a team and prove that he can help his team. Yes, they didn't you know go all the way um, in either of his years, but, and, and yeah, they choked against Syracuse, but... Again, I think it was something there. There's there's something there with Miles Bridges where I think he has the body, and, and I think Jeff Green isn't really a knock because if he's a consistent Jeff Green and he's healthy Jeff Green, yeah. Jeff Green was a guy that's consistently gotten looks in the NBA because of his talent. So I think that this is a guy that Miles Bridges, if he turns into a consistent Jeff Green, it's gonna be an awesome pick because he's a guy that uh, you know really fits the NBA. He's an athletic guy. He could shoot from the outside, and if he's able to at least use that athleticism that he does have and just create a, a, a nice first step and a nice crossover and just shake free from a bit, he might be able to turn into a guy that really develops a nice mid-range game to pair with a pretty decent outside game, and he's already a great finisher. He's already great attacking the rim, so if he's going and getting hacked, he's an 85% free throw shooter from the line. I think Miles Bridges can be a, a dynamic player offensively, and he does enough defensively. I think the Cavs, especially if LeBron's leaving, that could really help them out. Um, and, and obviously the two picks that they pick up in the 76ers trade, that's going to be uh, something that is beneficial to them as well. Let us know your f- thoughts on the 1 through 10 segment. Uh, you know What picks surprise you, what trades surprise you, let us know in the comments down below. But let's move into the second segment, the the second at least uh, you know bunch of top yeah, second uh, picks. grouping, eleven through twenty second grouping, uh, eleven through twenty of our mock draft six Ricky Whitmer, we're going to go to you first. 
Give us your picks and players for 11 through 20. Well, starting out at number 11 will be the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to take Colin Sexton. Then double pick Magic. They did a trade with the Clippers. They're going to take Shea Gilders-Alexander and Robert Williams. Then the Jazz trading up with the Nuggets. They're going to take Miles Bridges. Wizards then at 15 go Lonnie Walker. Suns stay in put. They're going to take Aaron Holiday. Bucks at 17 go Zaire Smith. Spurs go Dante DiVincenzo. And then the Hawks at 19 go Kata Bates-Diop. And the Wolves, they go with Kyrie Thompson, so or Thomas. Thomas. So my trades will then be, I'm going to mention the Magic one for those coming in on YouTube. Magic, they got Tobias Harris, 13 and 12. Clippers got... Evan Fournier in the sixth, which was Luka Doncic. And then my Jazz Nugget trade is Jay Crowder, Jonas Yurepko, the 21st pick, and then next year's Jazz pick to the Nuggets for Kenneth Fareed in the 14th pick. Put the hat on. And Dave, let's go to you for your 11 through 20. My 11 through 20. I've got the Hornets at 11 taking Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, 12, I've got the Grizzlies taking Kevin Knox. At 13, the Clippers taking Robert Williams. At 14, the Nuggets taking Lonnie Walker. 15, Bulls via the Wizards taking Miles Bridges. 16, the Magic via the Suns via the Heat taking Anthony Simmons. 17, the Bucks taking Zaire Smith. 18, the Spurs taking Eli Okobo. 19, the Hawks taking Kyrie Thomas. And 20, the Wolves taking Kevin Herter. And talk about your trades. Sure. So the Grizzlies uh, via the Clippers via the Pistons. This one was from earlier. The uh, Clippers getting four, Chandler Parsons. The Grizz taking Toby, Pat Bev, and the 12. So getting some value as well as adding those veterans who are sorely needed on this uh, playoff team for the Clippers or for the Grizzlies. They go ahead and they take the backup pick of Kevin Knox, someone who timeline doesn't match up necessarily. But he's a good guy moving forward, period. It, at that point, for me, it's value. It's look at his body. Look at the way he could develop for you. There's no way you want to pass up on someone with that kind of physical potential moving forward. Uh, the other trade in that area, the Bulls are moving up, or the Wizards are moving down, I should say, because I think the Wizards feel they need a center, but at the same time, they also have some other holes, and they think that their guy's going to be available back with the Bulls at 21 where they'd move down to from mm-hmm. the earlier trade. And they get two seconds in that trade <coughs> as well. But they're moving Kelly Oubre for Bobby Portis on that. And so it's it's an interesting one. And we'll get into it after I go yeah. through my 11 through 20. 11, I have the Charlotte Hornets taking Colin Sexton. At 12, I have the Clippers via the Pistons taking the Kevin Knox from the Kentucky Wildcats. Why I'm saying the, the, the Kevin Knox. Uh, 13, Knox Clippers the... taking Robert Williams from Texas A&M. 14, the Suns via the Nuggets take Shea Gilgis-Alexander from Kentucky. 15, the Lakers via the Wizards take Mitchell Robinson in the center on high school. 16, the Nuggets via the Suns take Zaire Smith, the guard out of Texas Tech. 17, Miami via Milwaukee take Eli Okobo, oh. the guard from France. 18, Spurs taking Kata Bates-Diop from Ohio State. 19, Hawks taking DeAnthony Melton, the guard from USC. And 20, the Timberwolves via the Thunder. Dave, you took off your tinfoil hat because I should probably take mine put mine on. Yep. Uh, the 14 uh, trade, or at least the Suns getting uh, uh, Shea Gilgis. Where is the hat? There it is. Uh, Shea Gilgis. Um, not I'm too like, crazy like, of a trade. There, Sean? Not too crazy of a trade. The Suns receive the 14th pick. Nuggets receive the 16th and the 31st because they need their guy mm-hmm. um, in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They need their future point guard. Um, and then the other trade, the Lakers receive the 15th pick and Marcin Gortat trying to relieve cap space because I think the Wizards are going to go hard after DeAndre Jordan. Um, so they 
get some cap space, the Wizards get the 25th pick and 48th pick. Hmm. I understand that maybe it's a little lopsided because, yes, Mitchell Robinson could be a guy that works for the Wizards, but DeAndre Jordan at least fits their timeline more. Mitchell Robinson is going to be a guy that needs to develop, and I think they're going to go hard after him, freeing up that 13 mil for Marcin Gortat will be huge as well. Um, And the other trade, this is the tinfoil hat one. And get ready, strap it in. Uh, The Nets, yes, the Nets. This is a four-team trade. Mm -hmm. The Nets receive Mo Harkless from the Portland Trailblazers, Matthew Della Dedova from the Milwaukee Bucks, the 24th pick from the Blazers. The Blazers receive the 40th and 45th pick from Brooklyn and Brooklyn's 2021 first-round pick. Then Miami receives the 17th pick and Milwaukee's 2021st. And then Milwaukee receives Hassan Whiteside and the Knicks' 2019 second-round pick. And that leads the Heat to finally get um, a pick in this draft. And they take Eli Okobo from the uh, French from the French teams. Yikes. Uh, fr- from uh, from uh, La Liga. Unravel um, that a little bit for on. us. So my thought process is you look at Milwaukee. They need to free up cap space um, to at least either sign Jabari Parker um, or you know bring in a guy like Hassan Whiteside, which they end up doing. So they have to get rid of Delhi's contract, 9 mil. Um, and you look at Portland, they're trying to get rid of cap space because they have so many bad contracts. Myers Leonard, Mo Harkless is one of them. So they free up 9 mil of that. So I think about 20 mil goes to Brooklyn. Um, and Brooklyn takes on a, a 24th pick. So now they have two first-round picks. Um, and, and then Portland also receives a, a future first that is protected from Brooklyn um, just because, again, they are giving up you know a lot and not getting too much back, so they do end up getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami receives a 17th pick. They get into the first round. They get a draft pick this year because I think they need a backup point guard because Kradic is getting older, and I think Okobo could be a game-changer, and they get Milwaukee's uh, 2020s uh, first um, for Hassan Whiteside because he's not working out in Miami. Didn't, had one of the worst playoffs I've seen from a big, uh, not named Carlin V. Towns uh, this year. Um, <laughs> absolutely horrible. Um, I, I think Milwaukee could be, again, adding length, adding a, a rim protector, adding a guy that can be really dynamic um, and, and athletic for Milwaukee. I think a fresh change of scenery and going into a, a buttonholzer, um, at least uh, regime, might be beneficial because I think he needs a, a, a change. I think he needs um, you know, a, a scenery change. I think he needs a wake-up call. And I think Hassan Whiteside could be a, a man in the middle that they need to really be a rim protector. Uh, for them, so you can have Giannis defend the the the, the best player on the team. Um, you know, on the outside, whether it be like LeBron James, you know, uh, hit him out on the, on, on beyond the arc and not have to worry if LeBron's driving. Have a guy in Hassan Whiteside who will go up and protect the rim. I think it's a, a great trade for Milwaukee. I think Mo- uh, Miami gets a headache off their hands and they get some capital for the future. I think the Blazers get what they need in cap relief, and I think the Nets get another first round pick, which is going to be great for them. Again, we've yeah. talked about them buying first round picks. They do it again. They did it with Demari Carroll. That's why they're 29th pick, and they do it now with the 24th pick, um, taking some cap relief off the uh, Blazers again because they did Alan Crabb. Um, but I have them going in the Miami Heat with Elliot Okobo, and this is a guy that I want to talk about. We'll jump into at least the guys that we want to talk about now. And Okobo, a guy from France, um, and he's been playing in, uh, I think, La Liga, uh, Pro-Am 2A or 1A, uh, same league that Frank played yep. um, overseas, and he was a guy that finished second behind Frank in their rookie of the year, their their you know their best uh, young player um, of the year voting award last year, he had a phenomenal season this year. I absolutely love the kid. He's a guy that can be dangerous on the outside. He fits this type of NBA. He's a guy that 
um, could be a, a top point guard. He could shoot off the dribble. He can shoot from deep. He could possibly end up being a great guard um, in this, a, a great defensive guard in this draft. Six three, six eight wingspan. He's got a long wingspan. Um, and I think he's got some the, the quickness. I think he's got the the range. I think he's pretty much the opposite of Frank when it comes to Frank's best skills were defensively. Ellie's um, best strengths are, are from three, and it, it's not even close. He's a, a good free throw shooter, eighty four percent from from the line, um, forty one from three. He's a guy that's going to come in here, and it might take him a little bit to. Um, adjust to the NBA game, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to be able to at least contribute to this Miami team um, off the bench because that's where he's going to be coming off right away. And Dragic is getting older, so he's going to be taking over for Dragic once Dragic ends up leaving Miami. And he's a guy that can turn into a guy that ends up being like a 17, 18, 20 point per, per game scorer because he's got such a great outside shot. He's also a pretty damn good passer as well. So I think he's a, a future point guard that's really going to bolster this Miami team because they have Bam in the middle. They have Justice Winslow. They have Josh Richardson. They have uh, TJ Johnson. Uh, they have now Ali Okobo to really solidify that future uh, for the Miami Heat. So that was well, my And the thing I was major just gonna, rant there. didn't yeah. want to cut you off, but the thing that I find most interesting about that isn't just Okobo, because I think I have him way too low. I have him in the second round. Well, but mean, if you don't believe in him, you don't the, believe in him. The thing that's going to be interesting, and we could pull the Pistons in with this, but you did it with the Heat. Yeah, They don't have a pick right now. No. A first or a second. Are we going to see them trade in at all? Like Odds are you would see them trade in. I didn't have them trade in at all this draft. I don't know about you, Dave. I did it was not. interesting that you did mm-hmm. say, you know what? We can't go pickless. We need to De- jump into this draft. Detroit does have a pick. They, well, they, they have, have a second. second. They have a second round yeah. pick, but they don't have a first round pick. Um, and I think the thing with Miami is is they have something to trade that's mm-hmm. worth a first round pick Which in is Hassan Whiteside. Hassan, yeah. and, and Hassan Whiteside isn't a fit for them. Unless right you now. think the Pistons are going to move Drummond, which I don't think so. People um, have said, yeah, it's a possibility, mm-hmm. but I don't think it. I, yeah. think I just happen. find it interesting that they have no pick. So like, it's yeah. Dave and I both saw them being pickless. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until the draft to see if they do move into the draft. And if they do move Hassan Whiteside, because that's their only movable asset. Worst case, you start want. buying some twos. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they'll find their name in this draft. I just don't know. Like, I like the position you had him go up there and steal because mm-hmm. yeah. I had Okubo going literally the next pick to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to be a stud offensively and like really will be great off the bench as a six man role. And the nice thing about that is we watched Justice Winslow grow as a primary ball handler off-ball from Goron. So now you add in another guy who, yes, his passing needs to be worked on, his defense needs to be worked on, but he has all the tools, he has the confidence to shoot, and that's one of the best things is as a young player, he knows the shots he can make, and he knows when to chuck it up there for it. He's got range. That's, I think, honestly, it's a great pick, a great fit as far as organization for him. So so well done on that, Sean. Well, Thank you the credit. It's it's just the, the fourteen. Have, regardless, like, it's the fourteen trade, man. Yeah, that's that's the killers. I, I hope I I level mm-hmm. it out at so, least. So Portland uh, gonna make some wise. moves, or is this just clearing <laughs> cap to save money? Portland needs to because the LeBron to Portland thing. I mean, <laughs> who's not reading? They to need that? to save money. Dame, CJ, I, I think, LeBron, LeBron I, with Nurkic <laughs> and um, Myers Leonard, Collins. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, I think this team is fine where they mm-hmm. are. Moharkos is just a, it's something where nine mil, they need to move Myers Leonard or they need to move Moharkos. Yeah. Moharkos is more valuable than Myers Leonard. So that's why it gets moved. They yep. need to free up cap space because they need to at least take something off this, this at least this front office where they can at least, you know, free up from sp- cap space, get some breathing room. And if they need to make additions at the trade deadline, they can do that. Um, or if they want to do that through free agency, they can do that as well. But that Moharkos deal, I don't think he's bringing enough value for that contract. And I think he can bring some value to the Nets 
um, at a, a fairly decent contract. I think it's around 9 mil, 10 mil. Um, and, and the Nets at least get that first round pick. So I, I think Portland does need to make a big move. They don't need this first round pick because that's just adding more cap to them. I think they need to get rid of cap than take on cap. And I think that's why they you know move back and then possibly, and I have them later on in the second round, taking on cash considerations for a pick as well. See, just I'm to on at the least other free up some, I think, some, some space. I think because they've trapped themselves in the cap situation that they need to hit on these draft picks because those are the guys who you're going to have to keep with your team because mm-hmm. if you don't land on those draft picks, then you're going to have to overpay for somebody to keep well, them they, around. They were paid already for the draft picks. Right, they were paid like, for Myers Leonard. I think no, they need to redo those mistakes. That So my thing is... Or undo those mistakes. Undo those, yeah. Absolutely. yeah not <laughs> my, redo. My, my point is that like... Unless you, if you don't have draft picks, you're going to be paying somebody. Mm-hmm, so yeah. you need to have that stream coming through. That's why for me, I didn't have him doing that. But I totally understand the get out from underneath that horrible contract situation you're in. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing for Portland right now is just get some breathing room. You can bring in contracts with the nine mil that you free up, and then also the, the you know like two mil that you, you end up getting for that, that that pick in the second round. I think that's the biggest thing is that you just need to get some cap space and cap mm-hmm. relief. That would really trigger that because I saw Portland 24 and I was like, they need to get out of there. And I saw the mm-hmm. Nets. I was like, the Nets have a lot of picks. So why, why not Nets, try to move They got up? a good relationship already. And, and, and I'm thinking if the Nets are able to get a 24 and a 29, I, I think this is a team that can really add some youth. And then it started, you know, balling into, well, Miami has a sound white side and I think the Bucks need a rim protector. And then mm-hmm. it just turned into this 14 trade that I ended up working out. So that, that's the biggest thing. But let's get off that. And, and Ricky, you have some trades that I know you I wanted do. to talk about. You have the Nuggets and Jazz in and, the trade. Talk about that. And for this one, I have to apologize. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Um, when I tweeted out, like, man, coming up with these mocks, it's going to be great recording it next week. Someone tweeted, like, oh, are you going to have the Suns move up? And originally I did because the Suns moved up with the Nuggets. Then the Jazz moved up to get the Suns pick. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you went with the Trey Young. So their Suns fans can still have that we moved up with we our did picks. It. But for me, because of how things went off and the Suns going with Aaron Holiday, the thing that's the most interesting for me is two things with the Nuggets. One, they want to move Kenneth Fareed. They want to get something from him because he's only got this year and then he's done. And they're not afraid to move the 14th to do so. Absolutely. And for me, the big position for the Jazz, I know that everything with the NBA is, oh, take the best player available. But the one position I think they need is a wing. They need someone to be at the three. Originally it was, hey, let's trade up for a Kata Beats Diop because that's a guy that I've seen in jazz blogs around the internet, yep. someone that they really like. But there was a guy who fell to 14 in mine called Miles Bridges. Named. And this was one where he called, named, same thing. Call him Miles Bridges. But, uh, I call him Miles. Yeah, I call him Miles His real all name time. is Blackhawk Jackson. But I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I felt like for the jazz, this was one where it's like, all right, we yeah, we need to include a Jay Crowder in Europe in this. Yeah, we might have to take on Kenneth Fareed and move a first, but we can move up, get a guy in Miles Bridges that honestly could have been taken. You guys had him well before mm-hmm. this not. 14th pick. Well, you didn't. I, uh, literally, I, had, him. I had him That's well right. before. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he's a guy that could have been in the lottery up a few picks. Let's move up and get him and add him to this team that is already building and kind of – I'll, I'll say exceeded expectations this past year with how they did getting yeah, not just sure. into the playoffs, but beating the Thunder in the first mm-hmm. round. I thought it was that a pretty epic battle. After that, I thought they were going to give the Rockets more of a chance, and he'd be a guy that could help them in playoff pushes. What do you think about Miles Bridges on the Jays? I think it fits. I, I don't know that necessarily it was their one need mm-hmm. uh, in the mm-hmm. playoffs because I feel like they've got a decent rotation. They found Royce 
I know he was a late pick, but like it seems like he can earn minutes and see where he grows from there. I think the Crowder, Thabo, um, and Joe Ingles, I think they've got a good rotation of guys. None of them stands out. Mm-hmm. Miles Bridges is someone who could stand out. He's someone who has a higher up end than every one of those guys I just listed. So if you feel like he can make the difference, absolutely go for that well, deal. I think the biggest thing is getting freed off it. Yeah. Off that and that, that helps. And, yeah. and that's the thing is <laughs> well, that's going to work see, for Jokic. Do you see a nugget? Fareed deal happening this well, trade. I, the reason why my, draft, my flip of the Nuggets and Suns <sighs> mm-hmm. happened was to end up moving towards a Fareed deal. I didn't mm-hmm. find one out, but I still like the trade. Yeah. Um, because that still gives the Nuggets assets to move Fareed. Uh, they need to move them because Jokic is yeah. coming up. And the, we had well, this conversation early in the season, Dave, yep. um, where they might decline Jokic's player option to sign him now. So mm-hmm. he's not, it just cost more money later on. Um, he might get pissed at that, but again, he's still going to be... Uh, he, he'll be handsomely rewarded. He'll be handsomely rewarded with money now. Um, he'll still get money after the contract's up. So I think it's something where, again, it's you need to free up Fareed. Fareed's not paying, playing, and you're paying him 14 mil or 13 mil. Yeah. So you need to at least get that contract off. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't find out a deal and a team that would take him on. Well, here, just for kind of shits and giggles, and plus I want to get Suns fans into this also, here's originally what I had with the kind of... The Nuggets yeah. uh, jazz spread out. So the first one was Nuggets take on Marquise Chris and the 16th pick, and they give up Fareed in the 14th. So exactly what they're giving up in this one. Then they take the 16th, give that to the jazz for Jay Crowder in the 21st. So it was a lot of like, yeah, there's another player now added in the future, but the Suns one was the one I was looking at. Could they trade up, flip with the... Nuggets, if like a Shea Gilgis is there, yeah. and say, "Hey, we'll take on Kenneth Fareed, but you got to take on Marquise Chris just to get rid of uh, the him. Suns." Have the ability to do that cap wise, but I don't mm. know if it's it's just yeah. gonna be smart for them um, in the long haul. But it, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because I mean, when you get to these 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 numbers, the fourteen, mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams moving up. And Miami, if they feel hungry enough, they might you know throw out Hassan mm-hmm. Whiteside. Um, I think again, the Nets. You, you marked it earlier with a different trade. Yeah. But I think the Nets could be interested in picking up Kenneth Fareed's contract. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a team who could easily take it. Would love another pick high. So that's something that's it's definitely to watch out for. If there's a team in this 11 through 20 range that you do want to uh, you know shout out that might be mm-hmm. a trade option, let us know in the comments below. And just you? the thing so. I was going to throw is with the Nuggets. That's interesting. Is they yes, I would mock them with a three or a wing player. Yeah. And because in this part of the draft there are so many of them. That's why I could see them going, no, we don't have to take one at 14. No, we don't have to take one at 15 and could just trade back a little That's bit. That's the thing is you look at the Nuggets. I have him going Zaire Smith because I think he's going to bring enough, yeah. a lot of defense. And I think, yes, he's shorter than we expect him mm-hmm. to, but he's still got a long wingspan. I think mm-hmm. he might be able to be a very small three. Um, I think he's going to be an interesting player. That's why I have the Nuggets going with him. But even then, if they trade back, Kata Bates, yeah. Yep. Melvin Frazier. Kyrie Thomas. Troy Jacob Br- Evans. Troy like Brown. All these guys. Like, there's a ton of guys that they yep. can mm-hmm. still add to that, that three spot that, that can help them. Um, but, Dave, we talked about trades, and you have one that I think Bulls fans are interested to hear about. We kept them waiting long enough. So you have them trading from 7 to 21 yep. and making a jump back up. Explain the trade and explain the uh, at least the ideas. Absolutely. So it. the deal is that you are going to get pick 15 and Kelly Oubre, and the Wizards are going to get pick 21, Bobby Portis, and two seconds from the Bulls. This basically means that Chicago, you're still going to get yourself a guaranteed three guy. This fills the gap, but it also might not push the needle far enough where you feel like mm-hmm. we're not going to be you know, uh, a playoff contender, which means you could be right back up at the top of this thing next year looking the R.J. Barrett category. Yep. But 
you also get a guy in Kelly Oubre who we saw take a big step to improve himself. He's still not quite what we expect him to be. Um, I know he was a later draft pick, but like early on, I saw like great signs like, man, this guy's going to be like a three and D monster out there. He's getting better, but there's there, there's still a long way to go. Fit wise, the Wizards know we're looking for a center. None of these teams between here and here, and by here and here, mm-hmm. I mean 15 and 20, look like they would take a center right mm-hmm. off from under us. So I'm going to roll the dice and get myself Bobby Portis, who is a proven player right now, who's a better player than uh, Kelly Oubre is, brings a level of intensity and effort that they were sorely lacking down in the low post. Somebody who will make sure that they don't fall off. And they still pad on with two second-round picks to help you know, keep sure that new guys will be rotating through. They still have Markeith Morris on the team. So how do you think those those two, Portis and Markeith, play off each other? Man, Bobby, I, I keep saying, Bobby's a small ball five. Like, he can play the four, he can play the five. Um, I think that... I know they hate Gortat's contract, and I know this is the end for him pretty much. But and you're stuck with Jan Mahimi as well. Like they fucked up their five situation. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest about Wizards fans. You know what you did. Um, I think that you add another. Don't worry about that because I know Ubre was a good contributor from like the three and the four. But let's be honest. Like Bobby Portis fitting on that team, I think adds more than what Kelly was able to do for them, especially in the playoffs. So you, you take it, you go get the young center you want who has an incredible upside, Mitchell Robinson. I You think that he won't be a contributor early. I think that if you give him court time, that he will be able to uh, play this year at, at a decent well, level. Well, and again, the, if he stays, and I don't have the Wizards staying there yep. because they unload Gortat's contract, right. but if they stay... I think the pick's Mitchell, Rob- Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I think they, they gamble, and they're like, we can, mm-hmm. we can get more out of this. We can squeeze it for a little harder. And the Bulls see that their they're guy in Bridges, I know not the Bridges Ricky wants, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think Miles Bridges brings a toughness to this team, to this Bulls, fills the three that we just absolutely haven't had one mm-hmm. in years. Um, I, I think it's a perfect fit. He's physical. He's tough. He's He was a leader on that Michigan State team. I think it all in all, like everybody wins. You probably haven't gotten that toughness since like Luol Deng was on the Bulls. So I mean, that's it, something that you got to look back on. Yeah. Um, but let's let's go into. We got about like eight minutes left. Let's talk about some of the trades, some of the picks that we like, or some of the teams that we're interested in. Ricky, I go to you since you mm-hmm. haven't talked in a while. I know you really are well, itching at the Spurs. The thing is with the Spurs, and like Dave brought up, the Ellie Okabo that you had could totally see that being a Spurs. That's thing. why I like, took it. They just love international <laughs> players, but to me. Two guys that I'm seeing that they at least talk to at the combine. Yep. And just because you talk to them doesn't mean you're going to draft them. But two guys that I think they like is one is Dante DiVincenzo. And part of me is with you, Sean. Do I think he should be a first round talent? No. But the reason why I put him there is based off of the talks that they had at the combine, they could fall in love with him and just say, screw it, we're going to do what we think and take him at 18. The other one that they could probably get in the second round is um, Amari Spellman. Mm-hmm. So those are two of the guys that they're looking at. So for me at the Spurs, it's like, what are you going to do? Because now a lot of people are talking about them being in the LeBron James sweepstakes, but everyone's well, in the LeBron James sweepstakes, or everyone should put in an offer I, if they can. So it's like, for <laughs> me with the Spurs at 18, what do you do to make this team better, because really the only reason you were where were you were 
was because you didn't have Kawhi. Well, I think the biggest thing is that I think those two guys, Spellman and mm-hmm. DiVincenzo, are stretches. I think those are two big reaches there at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and even well, Okobo, you Spellman could, would be see. more of a guy they would take with the second round pick. Yeah, I, I look at Keita Bates-Diop. It's still mm-hmm. same line, same same versatility, mm-hmm. ability to shoot from the outside, still same toughness. But I think that's more of a Spurs pick just because that's going to help you out on that wing, whether it's at the three, whether it's at the four. It's going to help you space out if you know Gasol's off the floor and you move Aldridge to the five. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you space out the floor. I think that's the biggest thing for them mm-hmm. when they're looking at wings. And obviously, DiVincenzo may be but I think that if they're going with a, a, a guard, they're going to go point guard. Why do you like Okobo for the Spurs? Because I know you have him. I think Okobo. he pairs really well with uh, what they have already. I can't. I'm picturing his face. Uh, Dejounte Murray. Yep. Dejounte like, we Murray. We loved him coming out of Bring college. Forbes. And uh, Forbes is okay, but like I'm going to be honest. Um, it's Dejounte Murray, and it's the pairing of those two together. Like he is. I don't know, like. We see what Patty Mills can do out there, who's not a true one. But at the same time, you have to give him the reins. We saw DeJounte Murray grow this year. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't have an outside shot, which is okay because he's not being reckless in taking those shots because Pop would bench his ass. But like, <laughs> he knows he knows his role on the team, and he is a, aggressive. He's probably the best rebounding guard in the game. Um, he is one of the best guys at driving to the lane. He needs to find a way to get contact and finish, but... like. I look at this team's future and I see, you know, the potential to add someone like Okubo who has the like fire starter off the bench mentality. He's going to go out there, he's going to drain shots, he's going to get time. He will grow. It's one of those fits where I like it long term. I don't know that necessarily it fits the timeline of we got to get Kawhi to re-sign this summer because and compete this year. Mm-hmm. He's more of a guy where it's like I think Kawhi's going to be here for long term anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about well, it. I'm going to keep building my dynasty like I want to. And that's also the thing, draft news, where they're saying that Pop and Kawhi have a meeting scheduled sometime before the draft where people are thinking it's going to be the same thing that was said to LaMarcus Aldridge last year, where it's basically, hey, if you want to give us a team that would take you and I can get value for you, great, but I can't get value for you. So we're going to kind of make this work. Kind of like mm-hmm. what was said last year with LaMarcus Aldridge. can't get value for Kawhi yeah, Leonard. No, no, no. Equal value. Much different. It kind of goes back to, I think it was Rachel Nichols who said this, when Kobe during the Shaq-Kobe thing yeah. went to the Lakers and said, I want to trade. And they said, if you can find a team that can give me another Kobe Bryant, sure. Otherwise, you're ours because I'm not going to take a five-carat mm-hmm. diamond and get five one-carat diamonds. All right. Makes sense. I understand what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, just to wrap it up, one guy I do want to throw out there, um, not in the Spurs range, we talked about the Spurs, but the one guy that is, uh, I think, in my first round for the first time, mm-hmm. um, DeAnthony Melton from uh, USC. I mm-hmm. looked more about the Hawks, and you know, with the talk about Schroeder possibly going, I looked at DeAnthony Melton, and obviously talking, uh, you know, listening to um, a good old uh, uh, Lloyd Pierce, been name dropping a ton. Um, <laughs> he's been talking about defense. He's been talking about guards. Anthony Melton guy that's going to be physical, you know, 6'3", six, 6'8", six, wingspan. He's got length. He's great defensively. And I think the biggest thing is that he's going to be a pick-and-roll playmaker. Um, he's a guy that really understands the pick-and-roll. He understands how to set other guys up. That's going to be big for Jaron Jackson, especially if Jaron Jackson's trying to stretch the floor. That's going to be big for John Collins. That's going to be big for Torin Prince on the outside. So I think that's going to be a nice uh, a backup point guard or uh, even possibly a future point guard, especially with the Hawks having so many picks. I really like that DeAnthony Melton fit there at 19 for the Hawks. And I think they take him there uh, because the Jazz will be looking at him. I think the Mavericks will be looking at him. I think the Pacers will be looking at him. they got to go out and get their guy at 19. Might be a little bit of a reach, but I think that's going to be a nice fit there. For the Atlanta Hawks, 
That's going to wrap it up, 11 through 20. Give us your thoughts on our picks, on our trades. Do you think the four-team trade uh, where the Heat end up getting a pick uh, is going to happen? the most teams in one of our trades you, for the entire— Do you, do you think the uh, Bulls are going to go <laughs> down to seven and up to 22? Uh, do you think that you know the Suns are going to—the you know the Nuggets are going to get Freak's contract off? Let us know in the comments below. Let's move into the third grouping, and we are talking about 21 through 30. Boys, let's go through this because we are starving. I'm Ricky, starving. Start at 21. Take us through 30. He's melting well, away over there. Starting at, well, not melting away. We're no, turn Jesus sideways. Christ, I can't even just see go 21 through 30. <laughs> well, 21, I got the Nuggets going with Jacob Evans. Then the Bulls going with the guy they promised. Chandler Hutchinson is going to be a Bull. Then the Pacers at 23 going with Melvin Frazier out of Tulane. Then the Blazers at 24 going Troy Brown out of Oregon. Then the Lakers going with a guy that they really want. I think they promised him the pick at 25. It'll be Mitchell Robinson. Then the 76ers going Gary Trent Jr., third Dookie for me off the board. Then directly after him, the fourth Dookie, Grayson Allen, going to the Boston Celtics. Then the Golden State Warriors take Kevin Herter, the 3 and D guy out of, or the wing, out of Maryland. Then Zana Musa going to the Nets. And then my only trade in this that's new, 76ers will give up two of their seconds, 38 and 39, to take Jalen Brunson, another Villanova Hova guy, and an Illinois native at 30. There you go. Dave, take us through. You're 21 through 30. Cool. I got the Wizards at 21 via that trade with the Bulls. Uh, taking Mitchell Robinson, uh, the guy they wanted. Uh, the Bulls at 22, taking Chandler Hutchinson, right? Like Ricky said, I'm buying into the he was promised, it's going to mm-hmm. happen line. At 23, I've got the Pacers going Aaron Holiday, getting themselves a guard who has a ton of potential and a great last name and family <laughs> in the NBA. Can't go wrong there. 24, Trailblazers going Zan and Musa. 25, the Lakers going Troy Brown. 26, the 76ers going Jalen Brunson. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> uh, 27, I've got the Celtics going Dante DiVincenzo. 28, I've got the Warriors going Jacob Evans. 29, the Nets going Keita Bates-Diop. And 30, I've got the Rockets taking Melvin Frazier. One thing I want to throw in there, because for Nuggets fans coming in going, what, why are we at 21? That was a trade that was from the last segment with Jay Crowder, Jarepko, 21st, future Utah, and you guys give up 14 and free. And Ricky's referencing his own trade, not Dave's. Yeah. Um, so, and let's my 21 through 30. The Jazz at 21 taking Anthony Simmons, guard out of high school. Then at 22, the Mavericks via the Bulls taking Troy Brown, the forward out of Oregon. That was when the 7 and 22 for 5 swap between the Bulls and the Mavericks. The Pacers taking guard Aaron Holiday from UCLA, from UCLA. Then at 24, the Nets via the Trailblazers. That was the 14 trade monster where the Nets take on Mo Harkless, Hat. Delhi, and get a 24th pick from the Blazers. <laughs> hat. Um, it's not, the hat was already on. Uh, the you Nets, earned it again. The Nets end up uh, getting that pick at 24, um, so they take up uh, Lonnie Walker. Then 25, the Wizards via the Lakers. That was a 15-20 and Marcin Gortat swap. Uh, the Wizards end up taking Moritz Wagner out of uh, Michigan. Then at 76, Zanin Musa is taken by the 76ers. Then at 27, the Celtics take Shake Milton out of SMU. Then at 28, the Warriors take Kevin Herter, the guard out of Maryland. Then at uh, 29, the Nets take Omari Spellman, forward out of Villanova. And at 30, the Hawks take Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati. Um, so, boys, let's look into this. First, going to start off with Dave. Dave, you wanted to talk about the Lakers you have him going Troy Brown. What do you like about Troy Brown on the Lakers? Troy Brown's basically like a Swiss Army knife. He's yet to be unlocked, though. He's a young kid who has— How do you unlock a knife? Uh, I mean, we're in Chicago, so like we got that whole, you know, you have to have the, like, 
you can't have switchblades. You got the little buttons. You got to, uh, you know, the releases. Okay. Um, you got to release them. Yeah. So, look, he is physically set. He's like 6'7", I think only a 6'9", 6'10", wingspan. Not the best, but still not bad. Uh, Concerned, he's a guard. He has guard handles. He can be a secondary ball handler for that Laker team. I love the fit out there. He can drive an offense. And, again, young, but also on that Oregon team, looked to as a leader, which I think going to a team where you have Lonzo Ball already there, perfect. You make sure that second unit, he can be a floor general, but also gives you great size on the outside to match up with people. I think fit-wise, the Lakers love it. And, you know, this is all assuming the plan happens with Mm -hmm. free agency for them. Well, and for me, the Lakers, the big thing is – in yours, Mitchell Robinson, would they trade up to get him? And could they find a team, perfect world here, take Lou Aldang's contract and be able to move up? I mean, what are you giving Mitchell up Robinson? to do that? Yeah, that's that's impossible. You, I, I mean, have no idea. Am I getting, move up and take Dings? Am I getting Brandon, Ma- Brandon Ingram? Or? That makes no sense. I'm just Maybe thinking because, down. because the thing with the Lakers that will be interesting in this draft yeah. is they have said, Everyone except for Lonzo, which I don't even think they like. The big thing is everyone's like, would you basically say no? Lonzo's on the table too, but basically everyone but Lonzo and Bi, everyone's on the table. So will a team come in and say we want this for Kuzma? Did you scrap your Kuzma trade? I did because okay. the Clippers. But what was your Kuzma yeah. trade? My original one was oh shoot, was it? It was Luau Dang Kuzma, and then like I think the twenty five and a future and future picks. For the magic? magic and I think Terrence Ross, okay. the Magic Six and Terrence Ross. Yeah, I mean it's it's something where I don't think the Lakers are going to make a big move. Like I, I think if they're making if a move, like, they're trying like to get rid Don, of contract. If but Doncic drops, I then don't. I don't think not. they're making a big move. And it, 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 to <laughs> go from twenty five to mm-hmm. top six is going to yeah. be ridiculous. You would have That's to why give for up. me so, the Mitchell Robinson because it's a closer move. And the one thing too, I, I understand you might like, like get to you might like Luca, mm-hmm. but you have Lonzo Ball, who I mean he's not he's, he's, he's there's shades of there's overlapping of mm-hmm. their game. Like like sure. Lonzo's a better passer. Lonzo's more of a, a primary ball handler, but Luca is is still a creative passer. So is Lonzo Ball. And another thing too. Brandon Ingram showed the ability to be a point forward. Yep. Like Brandon Ingram has the ability to be a secondary ball handler. He's a guy that was, you know, when Lonzo was off, was their main ball handler at, at points. So I, I don't understand wanting to go up and get Luka when you already have two ball handlers. Mm-hmm. Like the best part about Luka is his ball handling. He's not a shooter. Like maybe if you want to go up and get like Trey Young, then maybe that makes sense. That would be ridiculously and probably cancerous Yikes. if Trey Young goes to the Lakers. But yeah. um, that's something where, again, if you want to add shooting around those guys who are able to pass, then that makes sense. But I don't think the Lakers are moving up unless it's for a guy like Mitchell Robinson, which I have, well, them, yeah. have them doing because, mm-hmm. again, you're trying to develop those young uh, centers, trying to make sure you have a guy that can protect the rim, can run the rim as well. I think a guy like Mitchell Robinson is going to to probably be the guy that really gets the Lakers' eye and is more obtainable rather than a Luka Doncic. Maybe they won't have to trade up for him, but I, I have them trading up, and Mo Wagner um, ends up ends up going to the Wizards. But mm. I think you know Mitchell Robinson probably is an, one of the easiest links to the Lakers, and it's much easier than for to get them than you know trade up into the top mm-hmm. ten. Yeah. I think we got to at least you know come back to earth here with the <laughs> trades. I get it; everything can happen, but anything's possible. But Let's, let's, let's bring it in. I don't think the Lakers are going to jump all the way up there. Yeah. But Lakers, I, I For think For me, it's more of do you see, the like, what's the probability of them 
moving up for Mitchell Robinson because yeah, although I'll be, fairly high, I'll be honest. In my mock draft, having him fall to twenty five was a bit of a stretch. That might be me saying I want him to go here because the Wizards, they're a team that in my mock draft, I'm like, man, at fifteen they could. And then I'm like, I Wizards, like, Bucks, Spurs, Hawks. I had to almost like. Talk myself yeah. into Wolves. no, the Wizards would want Lonnie Walker. No, the Bucks would go with Zaire Smith. Like I had to almost be like, yeah, yeah, they could go with this, that's, and it'll make sense. That's why I traded instead up. of Mitchell Robinson. That's why I had the yeah, Lakers exactly. trade up, take on a contract, mm-hmm. and because they still have the ability. And I, again, I'm of the mindset because I, uh, again, even though we have the tinfoil hats, I'm actually living on Earth. LeBron James isn't going to the Lakers. People, I don't care if they're the favorites. <laughs> LeBron James Three is not going there. Sources I don't give is. a fuck what the entertainment sources have <laughs> unless it's coming straight from LeBron. James's mouth. I'm not believing jack shit until mm-hmm. it comes out. I mean, how good's a medical staff? I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't care if LeBron James's niece's ne- uh, neighbor said that LeBron's going to L.A. I don't care unless mm-hmm. it's coming out and he's already signed the contract. When LeBron signed to the Lakers, then I will paint my face purple and I gold. Wait. I can't wait till he's not going to happen. No, I'm not shaving my brows. But if if LeBron goes to Lakers, so we're painting his face purple and gold. If LeBron goes to Lakers, I will I will paint my face. Purple and gold because it's not happening. Can we, can we give you a pencil thin uh, beard? <laughs> yeah, fine, whatever. Yes. Would this, whatever. Would this, oh, it's on camera. Could this be two for two? Whatever. Yeah. I will. Two I, will one season, I, I, I don't know what we're talking about here, but I'm just gonna paint my face purple and gold if LeBron goes to Lakers. <laughs> I am. I'll do it because I, I don't think LeBron it's gonna James happen. Haircut to match. What? Can we give LeBron, LeBron James, James haircut no. to match? God damn it! Stop! <laughs> I'm just painting my face. I can't wait to paint his face. God, you're such morons. Why are you painting it? I'm painting it. I'll do it on the podcast. Oh my god. But the LeBron. To to LA is a pipe dream. It's it's ridiculous. Or all it is, is for entertainment so. purposes. All it is is to drive clicks. He's going to a winner. The Lakers aren't a winner right now, at least. And I think if they're going to try to make a move, they're going to go up and get a guy like Mitchell Robinson, which is much more obtainable than a Luka Doncic mm-hmm. or a Trey Young or getting you know two Max and guy Paul George and going? LeBron James. It's not happening. <laughs> so. So, so when we talk about we some winners, rant, like the Celtics or the Warriors, yeah. this group. And that's what Ricky wants to talk well, about. Ricky, you want to talk about Grayson Allen? For me, the thing is with Grayson Allen, I kind of mentioned this in the primetime podcast, but I want to say it here as well. For me, I really want Grayson to either go between 26 and 28 because I just feel like he fits in with either the 76ers with how he can shoot the three ball. Him and Brett, like if there's a coach, Brad Stevens or Steve Kerr, could get the most out. Like yeah. we all thought, Swaggy P was done. Like there's no help for him. I did. And Steve Kerr kind of helped. He could him. shoot the three ball. I know like he could shoot else. the three ball. But we all thought that. Oh well, he's a cancer he's in the locker room, and yeah. he's never going to work for a team. And then he's on the Warriors and wins a championship. Went from snitch that, to putting on the that, ring. That's because he saw um, what real scary looks like. Yeah, well, when Draymond Green's in that locker room, you're no longer the big dog. <laughs> you're no longer freaking people out. And I think the same thing. Like Celtics and Warriors are the big two. Is where I want to see Grayson Allen go. And the Warriors are the big one because I feel like he could fit in with that team and not be cancerous to that team. Dude, and I with the Celtics. Well, I did until I moved some things around. Celtics then took him, and then the Warriors take my second option of Herder, who, perfect, he's a 3-and-D guy. Like, add him right in, and he'll be fine. Well, Clay Thompson 2.0. That's the guy I want to talk about is, is Kevin Herder, because he he's, has not been mm-hmm. in any of our mocks so far. It's nope. been a while since we've the done a 1-30. The first thing he cracked was Brandon's last big board he cracked. Yeah, it's, it's well, first, after the first combine, time right? we've talked about No, him. that was no? the very last one oh, we okay. did. Yeah, first, after the combine. You're first right. time we've talked about right. him. Well, what have you guys seen from Herder that you, that you like? Just not, not to the Warriors, but mm-hmm. in general. 
What do you like about Herner? Because now we get to talk about him because we're, we're talking about round one he's and got two. Good si- I mean, I had him going all the way up at like 20. So, 20. yeah. What do, we, what do you like about him, though? I he mean, can what, like, shoot what? lights out. Like, period. I, I know that I'm probably overvaluing the outside shooting, but like at some point the Wolves are a team that are stuck with a bunch of guys who are mid-range experts. You need to have someone who can stretch the floor, especially in that second unit, when you have those mixed lineups in there and you have to depend on guys like Wiggins and you know Jimmy Butler plus question mark. And like if it, it just you need someone who can stretch. He's perfect for it. He's got good size, good instincts, and the shot selection's actually pretty good. I was surprised because I went back, started watching his games, because look, going into the combine, I was like Hey, he's, he's a two. Like, yeah. he's a second rounder, like, probably early, but still, he's a solid second rounder. And then, like, Combine watched it, was like, damn, he impresses. Go back mm-hmm. and watch tape on him and see that, like, shot selection smart. He's active on the court. He's not, uh, he's not a late, he's not a, like, spot up three point shooter, and that's his only role. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. the fact that there's more to him than that really intrigued me. Well, he reminds me of, and not an exact thing, but he is a similar to Clay Thompson. And I know you mentioned earlier the whole um, <coughs> he'd take a pay cut to stay with the Warriors, mm-hmm. but why not add a guy who can do similar things? I'm going to say he'll do the exact same things as Clay, but literally he's 6'7", just like Clay. The only thing is he's got to beef up a little bit. Clay is if, 215, he's 194. If he was Clay Thompson, why is he going in the back end of your first round? Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. He's not exactly Clay but Thompson, saying but he, Clay can Thompson. Do, he can do Clay Thompson things. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Shoot so he's Alan three, play defense. I better than Alan. Better than Crab. Do you think he's um, better than Crab Alan Crab's, Alan Crab's a great three-point shooter. And for the Warriors, <laughs> I think <laughs> with, with their coaching, I'm just not even going to One of the best parts about Clay Thompson is that he's a good defender. Yeah. I don't see her being a good defender. I don't see him being a really bad defender, mm. and that's what he can bring. Three and D, mm. just not on the same level. That's why I say he's not Clay Thompson, but he can do Clay Thompson-like things. If There's you had to choose between him or uh, DiVincenzo, like, who would you go? For Dante. the Warriors, I would go with well for the Warriors I would go with Herder. Depends on it depends on who I'm picking for. Divincenzo is a two. I, I the thing with, with that is is I, again I, I if I'm like if we're, what are we talking about like we're talking about Warriors or just a fit in general like NBA. We'll, we'll go with Warriors. I mean, okay, because for Warriors for me, I have him going Herder. Yeah, I have him going Herder because I think he fits in just because I think coming off the bench he's going to be a guy that can sit on the outside and shoot. They have Patrick McCall who's been able to drive in and, and, and you know penetrate more mm-hmm. and kind of play more of the Sean Livingston role. I think they need more of a shooting on the outside, kind of fit along with Nick Young. Mm-hmm. Kevin Herter brings that. But if we're talking about and who's going to be a better no. NBA pro, it's going to be Divincenzo. So, the, so the question is, like, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at your draft. Is Divincenzo gone on your board already? No, 34. So, so 33. He goes 33 to the Mavericks. So you've got Divincenzo going after Herter, even though shooting wise they're they're roughly in the same ballpark, athletic. Divincenzo's better, mm-hmm. and defensively, it looks like Divincenzo might have the advantage. But he did more say for fit, the though. Warriors, the fit. For, yeah. for so the you fit, think though. you think fit wise, they want the skinnier, well, think, less athletic well, guy. I think Herder is a guy that again, we got to look at what the what the Warriors are going to be doing. They're going to be bringing in people consistently. They're going okay. to be bring you know they're going to try to keep you know the four around: Kevin Durant, yep. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and and, and Clay Thompson. So getting a guy like Herter, yes, he's he's a lesser of a player than DiVincenzo. He's also going to cost less. So yes, mm-hmm. he's going to be a budgeter player because again, you know where you're drafting is going to be different. But again, yeah. he's, he's, he's along the lines, he's going to bring you 
lesser value, but he's also going to cost less money. Where DiVincenzo, maybe if this kid is everything that he's hyped up to be, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a great scorer. He's going to cost maybe up upwards to 9 mil, mm-hmm. 10 mil, 11 mil when he, his contract runs up. Herter might be a guy that consistently stays around 5 to 3 mil. Hmm. For this team, so if I'm the, if I'm the Warriors, I'm trying to keep my Here, my big four intact. It's far down the line to think, though. But Here, it's the Warriors. What do you need? You know, like I mean, it's that's three three plus years down the road. That's all I'm thinking. Here's the thing I wonder about Di Vincenzo. And yes, I had him above Herder, but only because the Spurs and how they like him. The thing I worry about him, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it could. If three four years down the line, we're looking back on, we're watching a game. DiVincenzo, remember that kid? Remember that championship game he played? And it being like he that's wasn't his, anything that's his special. Claim to fame. Exactly. Like, are we only putting him this high because he had one really good game? No. I mean, he's had a great combine, too. But that's mm-hmm. the funny thing is, like, he had a great combine, and he, was, yeah. he's, he's, he just really didn't Because, like, throughout the entire season, I know it's like how you much, see that Mikhail much, Bridges uh, and Brunson there, stuff too. Stuff has Kevin Herter been on the, the mainstream media, though. I mean, not zero. at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the point. Like, you're saying, Who's like, watching Maryland that? basketball. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like, and I even had, I've heard Herter, Herter going mm-hmm. higher than him as well. But that's because I'm not, like, I'm not 100% sold. I think that role wise, DiVincenzo on the right team. Amazing. I mm-hmm. think the wrong team could be a disaster for him. That's why, like, I landed him. I wanted to b- drop him back to the Warriors, but yeah. I think the Celtics would take him if he was mm-hmm. there. No, and I'm the same thing. Like, the only reason I had DiVincenzo higher is because the Spurs, and I'm like, you know what? If they like a guy, they're going to take him over someone that they the, didn't interview. The other thing, too, is this is a, this is a mock draft, not yeah. a big board. I know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, I, we're I, picking if fits. DiVincenzo mm-hmm. more. Yeah. So, I think Herder's more of a fit. Because again, he fits the long term plan of okay. it. Yeah, I mean, we're thinking three down, three years down the road. But three years down the road, Kevin Durant's still going to be thirty two and still going to be falling out. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson's still going to be. I think he might be hitting thirty. Clay, you know, Steph is probably going to be the one I worry about because of his ankles. But then again, again, you're you're still talking about one of the greatest shooters of all time. So I, the Warriors team is still going to be great. You're still going to need to find cap space, mm-hmm. and of course, the Warriors are thinking down the line because they already have their future in place. It's the four guys that just won them three championships in four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that's one thing that sticks out there for the, the for the for the Warriors and, and the Herder debate. Um, what I want to go to though is uh, the, the talks about the Nets because the Nets now have two first round picks after the four team trade that I made. They end up picking Lonnie Walker at twenty four and Amari Spellman at twenty nine. Amari Spellman again, another guy from Villanova, another guy that's kind of jumped up after a pretty decent combine. He's a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit. I like him a lot for this Nets team. Yes, he might be a little bit of a stretch here at twenty nine, but. When you start melding all these guys and you look at the second round, there's a lot of guards in the in that second round where they don't need a guard after they took Lonnie Walker, after they have uh, D'Angelo Russell. I think the biggest thing for them is being able to stretch the floor. They don't have a player that can do that on their team. Amari Spellman, 43% three-point shooter in college. I think he's going to be able to bring that over to the NBA. And Lonnie Walker at least brings another guard that can come off the bench when Jeremy Lin, if he's not healthy. Um, you know, Same with uh, D'Angelo Russell, if he's not healthy. And if Spencer Dinwiddie's not on this team, Lonnie and Walker's going to come LeVert. off the bench. Well, or, and Karis LeVert as well. He's going to be able to come <laughs> off the bench and at least create Why uh, some shots Why do you have Lonnie Walker going so low? Like, Dave has, me and Dave on 14-15 why do you got him going at 24? Well, I mean, I, I look at him. I think I that's kind of low. I don't think he fits anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I, again, I, I don't like guard-wise, I don't have him above Shea Gilgis. So then we look at you know teams that need guards. Nuggets, they don't need a guy that's going to be penetrating like that. They need a defender. And they, 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 Zaire Smith is that guy. I think Zaire Smith has a higher top end than Lonnie Walker does because if he's able to get a shot down, he's going to be a two-way player where Lonnie Walker, I don't know where he is going to end up defensively. He, he really seems lost a lot. 
Um, at least mm-hmm. in college he did. He seemed lost a lot defensively. He didn't seem like he was able to pick up a defense at all. He was really good at driving in, creating his own shot, but he was really not a good outside shooter, whereas Zaire Smith, again, if he's able to find that shot more consistently... Supposedly impressing people he, during the offseason he, workout. He's going to be a guy that, that's going to be a guard that goes there. Then to Anthony Melton, you need more of a point guard. Mm-hmm. So, Lonnie Walker isn't that. So DeAnthony Melton fits there, and he's a better defender than Lonnie Walker is. Anthony Simmons, more potential. Aaron Holiday is a better fit for the Pacers. And one Lonnie thing Walker falls to that I'm noticing, and I don't want to draw a wedge in between the We Agree podcast, yeah. but Dave, he just said that he's not a fit for the Nuggets, and that's where you had Lonnie going. Yeah, I, I completely disagree, because <laughs> I think Lonnie's going to be a better professional uh, player than he was in college. I think fit-wise, mm-hmm. coaching-wise, he needed something that he wasn't gaining in college. And as far as the pace of the game, the speed of it, and what you can do on the court with the spacing you have in the NBA, I think his tools can be much better utilized in the NBA. I think that value-wise, I have him right in the same boat as Zaire Smith. I think they're both unique talents who, at the college level, we saw something interesting out of them. But at the NBA level, we're going to see what they can really do. And I think they're going to both take it up a notch. I think one thing, though, is is with with Lonnie Walker is with that space, though, you're still going to be able to, you know, shoot the ball from the outside to prove that you demand that space. Mm-hmm. Does he have the potential to become a good shooter? Yes. But right now he's not a good shooter. Um and at least from the outside. And I, I don't think I don't know if that's really gonna come come with the territory. Because he's gonna need to be able to control the ball. He's gonna be able to need to be a playmaker. He's also gonna need to be able to develop a shot. That's a lot where Zaire Smith has the athleticism. He has the you know very beginnings of a shot. And if you're trying to get a three and D player you just need the three to come along a little bit more because the defense and the athleticism is there for Zaire Smith. The, the, the athleticism is there for uh, Lonnie Walker. Walker. Yeah, Huge wingspan, 6'4", six, 6'10", six, wingspan. Um, but I think the one thing is just that I, I think Zaire Smith is, is going to be a better fit for the Nuggets where they need a guy that isn't really a ball handler because they have Jamal Murray. Uh, Gary Harris has been a, a, a fine ball handler for them before. And also... Nikola Jokic, who's a seven-foot point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think they're really looking for that next point guard ball handler. Um, and I think Lonnie Walker is kind of in the Reggie Jackson territory where he's not going to be a great playmaking point guard, but he's going to be a good scoring point guard. And I don't really think that fits the NBA today. Where the Nets, I think they have one of those guys in D'Angelo Russell where you can pair that and kind of you know play off of that with yeah. Lonnie Walker coming off the bench. And also defensively, he might turn into something special. I'm not saying Lonnie Walker can't develop past what he currently is, but Mm -hmm. he's a guy that I have lower just because I don't know what he's going to develop into, how much he can develop. And, yes, he's a fantastic athlete, was really highly ranked coming out of high school, but and he also dealt with injuries at Miami, but I I, I don't know where he's going to end up um, and and how much he can really develop truly. Um, But let's talk about other guys that we want to talk about in this 21 through uh, 30 range. Any guys that jump out off the page, and Ozana Moose is there. That's the one I was going to hit up. I was like, I mean, he came from somebody who we floated down to like the low teens, and now he's mm-hmm. back up into the mid-20s again for all of us. I think for me, I've got him going to the Trailblazers. I think he had space, and he had somebody who can just be a knockdown shooter from the outside. He can create a little bit for himself, a little bit for others. He does everything they need to, and he doesn't come over with a giant contract, which is even better. So for me, it's like a clear, like, Blazers, you, you're you in the boat of, like, we don't want picks. We I'm in the other side. I'm like, look, we need to hit on these because mm-hmm. these are the guys who are going to be here because we can't get anybody else in town. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I think I'm the lowest on Zana. I had him the lowest, that is. I had him a 29. 
I mean, is that just a fear that, of well, basically? I know you've been the guy almost, who's like, I don't like no, no, foreign no. players because they bust higher percentages. I mean, with this, it wasn't that. It was just I almost had him go to the Blazers, mm-hmm. but then I picked a Troy Brown over him, and then I didn't see Lakers, Sixers, Celtics, Warriors, and the Nets. I didn't see being a team that could say, Ah, we're not going to take him. They'd be a team that's like, Yes. Come here, play with us because mm-hmm. we just need anyone that can play well, well. The biggest thing that I, I think stands out for Zion is that he's not a defender. He's yeah. a one way player. He's got a three ball, though. And that's got the thing. A wicked good offensively, shot. he might be a stud, but defensively, he's going to need some damn work. And that's why I think so the like, 76ers take him. Worst case, Boyan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, I, I think one thing. With that though, is it turns into you look at where he, where like where where the you know draft lines up. I don't think any team can really take a shot on him, or it's worth it because Mavericks have Troy Brown on the board, so he's a guy that's going to be able to develop quicker. He's a guy that is, is a little bit more athletic and can. I think have Troy to, Brown's raw compared to Zion. I think Zion's still raw though, because I think Troy Brown could still develop a defensive game though. Yeah, I think that's one thing is like you know yes, he did, uh, yeah. offensively. Um, Troy Brown, you know, still needs to work on a shot. He, he's still he's he's got a yeah. decent ball handle. Um, and, and and defensively though, I think he's got more potential than Zanamusa does. Zanamusa looks lost defensively in the Euroleague, but um, he has a polished offensive game, which is something that like true. Troy, but Troy needs to work on offense but, and defense. He's just a really great ball handler, good size. Zanin's got size. He's got all the he, offensive tools you want. Troy Brown also has a bigger wingspan. Troy Brown yes. comes in at like seven three wingspan. Where <laughs> uh, I think Zanamusa the last thing I've heard saw was his wingspan is actually shorter than his height. Yeah, it's like, like one it's inch shorter. 6'9 to 6'8. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing that worries me too is Troy Brown has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Zan and Musa is going to need time. That's why I don't think a team like the Mavericks who are looking for a three would go with the Zan and Musa. They'd go with a Troy Brown because he's going to be able to work with this team, work with the Dallas team where 76ers who have a ton of picks can take Zana and stash him. He's a trash Don't and stash stay right over there. there. Don't even bother. Yeah, so I think that's something with, with Zana Musa. That's it's going to be a team that can take that risk mm-hmm. because yes, he can turn into a great player. I think the 76ers can do that. I think that's why this he goes to 26. If there's a team that's able to take a risk before that, maybe the Spurs. Then they they would take him, but I think it needs to be a team that that can take the risk. So Spurs, Hawks, and possibly the Nets or 76ers would be those teams that could take him mm-hmm. um, for me. Uh, any other guys you want to mention? No, not really. The yeah, cool. only other guy I was going to throw out there, we don't yeah. have to go in depth, was guy to watch would be Melvin Frazier. Where is yeah, he going to go? Because guy. he's a guy that's been rising, got a two-lane that had a really good combine. Yeah, he's, like he's an interesting yeah. guy. I mean, big guy, lanky guy, can be a mm-hmm. 3 and D player. No, I completely agree. For me, the guy to watch in this range, the uh, my Malcolm Brogdon guy is Jalen Brunson. Like, you who, go out there. Let's oh. let's answer the question. Oh, who, There's a lot of got the... Dante DiVincenzo, Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson. Grayson Allen, who oh, are you guys man. looking at for the Grayson uh, for the Malcolm Brogdon Player of the Year award? Because it was Kuzma last year. Yep. Before it was Josh Hart, yep. right? And then it was and then it was Malcolm Brogdon. Or am I getting messed up? I think no, it was no Brogdon, Josh Hart, and Kuzma, Kuzma was the same. same draft. Um, yeah. So it was it was it was uh, Brogdon then Kuzma, right? It was Brogdon Kuzma. Who are you looking at for 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 your pick? Let's let's make the picks mm-hmm. now. Who's your Malcolm Brogdon Player of the Year award? Grayson Allen. I want to go Grayson, but I think Jalen Brunson is just, there's something about this this guy. I don't want to call him a kid because he's this old. Gay. Brunson this guy. would be my number two. Because I got him going, filling in for uh, the GOAT and TJ McConnell's role. <laughs> and I think he's the guy who can walk in the door and just perform. He mm-hmm. can guard any other guard. He can give people trouble. But he's a smart player. He's very, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but he, he, he is a very high basketball IQ player. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to my player. Yep. But here's, the, here, here's, here's what it is. 
I'm looking for a guy that's either going to be on a playoff team with the the, 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 the lights shining bright on him, mm-hmm. or he's going to need a guy that needs to absolutely pop, pop off. Oh, yeah. I don't think Grayson Allen's going to be able to pop off. I don't think he is. Potentially uh, not. He's going to play on a championship Could be a small team. role. And I don't think that, that, that's your boy. Um, Jalen Brunson, Brunson can do that. I don't think he's going to be in a big enough role. Okay, I'm okay. looking at a guy who's going to be drafting a playoff to, to a playoff team. I'm looking in the second round, like a true Malcolm Brogdon Player Whoa. of the Year award. Javon Carter. Oh, he's going to the Blazers in the second I round. Like Javon Carter out I of West too. Virginia. He's going to be a lockdown stud defensively, Here, backing up CJ and Thing. I will. I'm going to tease what Boom. they call in the business a tease. You'll get my opinions Boom. on him in the second round. Ditto. <laughs> well, let's move into round number two. We are almost done. This is going to be about, I don't know, maybe a three-hour podcast, Ricky. Take I told us through. You, I told you at the beginning this is going to be a three-hour podcast. Take us through round number two. Well, oh, I got to get to my round number two. Mm, Starting off at number 31, Very the prepared. Suns going with Shake Milton. Then the Grizzlies going with Isaac Bunga at 32, 33, Jared Vanderbilt going to the Mavs. 34, DeAndre Melton going to the Hawks. 35, the Magic then taking Anthony Simmons. The Knicks at 36 via the Bulls because we gave them that pick in the D-Rose trade. Get going with Javon Carter. Kings at 37 going with Sean's boy, Hamadou who? Oh, Diallo. Uh, I want you to say it like you usually do. Then Just go. At 38, <laughs> 30 picks. here's another trade. <laughs> At 38, this was when the Hawks took 38 and 39 from the 76ers for 30. They're going to go with Landry Shamit and Ellie Okobo. Then at 40, the Nets go with Mo Wagner. The Magic at 41 going with Bruce Brown. Then at 42, the Pistons go with Josh Akogi. Then at 43, Clippers or the Nuggets via the Clippers go with Raleigh Alkins. Then at 44, the Wizards go with Amari Spellman. Then the Nets again at 45, going with my boy, Chemezi Matu. Then the Clippers, this is another trade. They're going to, Clippers are going to give the Rockets a future second and take the 46 pick for Trayvon Duvall. Then Tony Carr going to the LA Lakers at 47. Gary Clark to the T Wolves at 48. Spurs going Jerome Robinson at 49. Vince Edwards going to the Pacers at 50. Pelicans going Brandon McCoy at 51. 52, the Jazz, or this will be the Nuggets, I think, go with Malik Newman. 53, the Thunder, then go Justin Jackson. The Mavs at 54, going with Devontae Graham. Hornets going with Kendrick Williams at 55. Warriors going to give cash to the 76ers to get the 56 pick in Ray Spaulding. Then Bonzi Colson going to the Thunder at 57. Alonzo Trier to the Nuggets at 58. Goga Batage hey. at 59 to the Suns. And then Ar- Ar- Arnoldus Kobolka to the Suns at 60. Gutentag, there you go. All right, Dave. <laughs> I try. I it was try. Round two. Run. Good luck. I'm at 30 names. I'm going to hold my breath. Do it I feel all like I need to drink a water, Dave. It's going to be bad. My throat's going to kill me. Uh, number 31, I got the Magic via the Suns going Josh Kogi. Number 32, Grizzlies going DeAnthony Melton out of USC. Uh, 33, the Mavs taking Grayson Allen out of Duke, of course. Uh, 34, the Hawks taking Landry Shamet. Uh, number 35, I got the Suns via the Magic going Goga Pataz. Goga Pataz-de. I Sorry, names are going to kill okay. me. But it's going to happen anyway. Number 36, the Knicks taking Shake Milton out of SMU. 37, the Kings going Brandon McCoy. Uh, 38, the Sixers taking Bruce Brown and following that pick up with number 39 and Isaac Bonga. 40, 
Nets going Omari Spellman. 41, the Magic are taking Mo Wagner. 42, the Pistons taking Jared Vanderbilt. 43, the Nuggets taking Greg Hughes out of Dixie State. 44, the Wizards taking Gary Clark out of Cincinnati. 45, the Nets uh, via the Bucks taking Dubraka Suica, guard international out of Croatia. 46, the Rockets going Gary Trent Jr. 47, Lakers taking Javon Carter. 48, the Timberwolves taking Malik Newman. 49, Timberwolves, t- and the, I'm sorry, the Spurs taking Radonis Crux. Uh, 50, the Pacers taking Raleigh Atkins. 51, the, Pace, the Pelicans, I can't read, taking Trayvon Duvall. Uh, 52, the Jazz taking Keith Jennings out of ETSU. Uh, 53, the Thunder taking Alonzo Trier. 54, the Mavs going Ray Spaulding. 55, the Hornets going Malik Newman. 56, 76ers going Hamadou. Remember when we had a mock to the first, like our first overall? Yeah, I don't talk Good about times. Uh, first round. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's first 1.0 we had him. Going. Yep. Uh, 57, the Thunder going Shemezi Matu. 58, the Nuggets going uh, Kevin Hervey. 59, the Suns going Jerome Robinson. Number 60, Justin Jackson. Not the Justin Jackson from last year. The no. one from Maryland. Different one. Who there injured. Go. All right, and now we have <laughs> round two for uh, Sorry. for Sean. Yeah, you better fucking apologize. Yep. Uh, round number two for uh, for me, Sean. Uh, Nuggets via the Suns, and that was the trade that sent the 14th pick to the Suns, and then the Nuggets received the 16th and 31st pick. They end up taking Brandon McCoy from UNLV, then at 33, Chandler Hutchinson. This was uh, via the Orlando receives the 32, uh, the 32nd pick from Memphis, uh, and they receive the 35th pick from, uh, sorry, Memphis receives 35th and 41st from Orlando for the 32nd. Orlando, with that pick, takes Chandler Hutchison from uh, Boise State. And then at 34, Mavericks taking Dante DiVincenzo. Then at 35, the Hawks taking Radonis Karux from uh, uh, International, from uh, he's from uh, FC Barcelona, I believe. Uh, mm. Grizzlies taking uh, Jalen Brunson from Villanova, and that again is in the Orlando Memphis swap with the two picks. Um, then at 37, the Knicks taking Grayson Allen, the guard out of Duke. Then at 38, the Kings taking Josh Akogi from Georgia Tech. And then at 39 and 40, Landry Schmidt and Hamadou Diallo go to the Cavs, and that was in the Sixers uh, Cavs swap where the uh, Sixers went to eight and the Cavs got 10 and 38 and 39. Mm. And the Blazers, via the Nets, that was in the four-team trade monster. Uh, the Blazers take Javon Carter, my Malcolm Brogdon Award winner of the year. Uh, then the Grizzlies, uh, via the Magic, again, that is in the trade mentioned earlier, they take Gr- Gary Trent Jr., the guard out of Duke. And at 43, the Pistons take Devontae Graham, the guard out of Kansas. Then the Nuggets, via the Clippers, take Kyrie Thomas, the guard out of Creighton. And at 45, the Wizards taking Jared Vanderbilt from Kentucky. 46, Justin Jackson from Maryland go to the Pelicans. 47, the Rockets take Redon. Oh, no, I have a double. Sean. Oh, son of a bitch. Not right. professional. Uh, we're going to flip that to uh, the Rockets at 47, taking uh, Arnaldus uh, Koboka. We'll take, we'll, we'll do, there we go. Um, we'll make that switch there. Then at 48, the Wizards taking Jerome Robinson. It would have happened. We have 60 players, and then, uh, you know, combined, we have 180 players total. Um, so one I'm mess surprised up. it took this long. I know. Yeah. One mess up uh, isn't too bad. Uh, then Jerome Robinson, uh, Boston College, uh, going to the Wizards. Timberwolves taking Bruce Brown. Then William McDowell White, uh, Aussie uh, guard, goes to the 76ers at 50, uh, 49, I'm sorry, at 50. Pacers taking Kevin Hervey from U- University of Texas at Arlington. Then the Pelicans take Gary Clark out of Cincinnati. Then the Jazz take Jamezi Matu out of USC. Then Riley Atkins goes to the Thunder from Arizona. Then the Mavericks take Vincent Edwards out of Purdue. Then the Hornets take Billy Preston uh, from the United States of America. Then uh, the Spurs take Isaac Bunga 
uh, and they get that uh, in a trade with the 76ers, the Sixers, and uh, the the Spurs swapped 49, uh, the 49th pick from the Spurs, and the uh, Spurs end up picking up 60 and 56. Um, then the Thunder take Alonzo Trier, the guard out of uh, Arizona. Nuggets take Trayvon Duvall from uh, Duke. Then the Suns take Svi Mukailuk from Kansas. And then the Spurs round it up um, at number 60 with Utah Wanatabi from George Washington. Um, and if I screwed that up, I apologize, Ricky. You, you were the main professional, mm-hmm. so congratulations for not screwing up. I try. Yeah. And after 10 minutes of saying names uh, into the void, <laughs> let's talk about some of these guys. And, Ricky, we're going to start with you. We're going to congratulate <laughs> you. You want to talk about well two done. guards, Javon Carter and Tony Carr. What stands out about these two guys? Well, I mean, for me, the first one's Javon Carter, where basically everything that we've said about any other team is not true with Javon Carter. Usually it's, man, his offense is great, but if he could develop a defensive game. This is one where it's like, yeah, he's got offense. It's not like he doesn't have any at all. But it's like coming in, it's like, oh, the thing that this guy does defensively is his big bread and butter. And Mm. it's how much can you expect him to contribute to a team offensively? And the good thing, though, with the Knicks is they could use a guy, grit and grind kind of a guy, mm, for David Fisdale, and offensively he can hopefully develop him. If not, they've got Tim Hardaway Jr. who could be the offense. One thing that I want to mention, though, is mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr. being the offense. What? Well, yeah, that's, I just mentioned someone on uh, their team. Uh, but the one thing that I just worry about <laughs> is you look at the, the guards, Javon Carter and Frank Nikitalino, that mm-hmm. seems like a little bit of a... Uh, a log jam there. Talk about two defensive guards right there. I don't know if they're going to be able to move the ball. Well, and it's also, you're not going to play those two at the same time. They do have a, a manual Moutier. Interesting. And so it could also be one of those where maybe they have one or the other. And getting Kevin Knox earlier, he's going to be in the starting lineup for sure. Yeah. But Dave, what are your thoughts on Javon Carter? Because I mentioned him. I think he's going to be uh, Malcolm Brogdon award winner. I, I think he's a good, good enough three-point shooter, and especially playing behind, in my case, um, CJ and Dame, he won't need to really focus on that offense. And when yeah. you need a sub, when CJ needs a break, when Dame needs a break, they're going to bring a ton of defense in with Javon Carter. And he's at least a decent enough shooter from the outside to be a respectable uh, player. And I think in the playoffs, it's really going to shine. What do you think about Javon Carter? Where, where do you have him going? And how do you think he fits into the NBA? No, I definitely like Javon Carter. I'm surprised in mind. Like when I was writing it up, he kind of fell in mind further than I expected him to. But then I liked the fit I had, so I left him. I had him going to the Lakers at 47. I think you're exactly right with expectations. He's someone who can come in right away and contribute off the bench. He's not someone who is necessarily going to be capped at those like, oh, well, you'll see a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. No, he's someone who can put in like 15 minutes a game pretty comfortably. And I think that that's honestly like for a second round pick, the value of knowing you can get a quality backup Mm -hmm. and a hit on that from a player who has been playing in college for years, someone who is much more experienced yeah, that's why he's there is because the upside, the top end, maybe not be there. But, like, you're getting somebody who can come up and contribute right away. And I think that the Lakers, from my end, are a team who went, oh, we like Josh Hart because he's contributed multiple years. We mm-hmm. like Kyle Kuzma, multiple-year college player. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. Stay in the same range. Again. Yeah. And go get Javon Carter. Makes sense. Ricky, the other guy you want to talk about, mm-hmm. a guy who did contribute a lot, Tony Carr from Penn State. Uh, where do you have him going? Why do you like him in the NBA? Yeah, he's just one that I, I can't wait to see – where he goes for sure, but for me, 
I had them fitting in right with the Lakers because they're a team that, yeah, they've got Lonzo Ball, yeah, they've got Kuzma, but when it comes to backup point guard, it'd be good to have someone that, hey, you know what, the pressure is not going to be all on you. That's on Lonzo year two, but he's a guy that can shoot from 40-plus percent from three. He's a guy that, yeah, with about 2.3 turnovers, might have been a little bit too much in college, but he's a guy that will go get you the rebound. He'll shoot from three. He'll even pass the ball, although his passing probably isn't as good as Alonzo Ball. But I can't wait to see where he goes because even though he plays the one, he's going to chase the ball down, shoot from three, kind of do more things for this team, but won't be as defensively sound as it, Javon Carter it, we just talked about. He's got nice size. That's mm-hmm. really the only thing Six, that four, I— 6'4", 198. That's the only thing I really 200. like about Tony Carter. I don't think he's going to be able to make the the, the, the shots he was making in, mm-hmm. at Penn State. I don't think he's going to be the same scorer he was in, in the Defe- NBA. And I don't think defensively he's going to be Depends on the system, depends good. on the coach he works with. I don't know. I, Tony Carr is not a guy that I have in my, my, my draft at all. He G-League. Yeah, I think he's going to be a G-League guy. Maybe he works, works his way up. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he can't he make it in the NBA. I can't make it in the NBA, so I can't tell another guy can't make it in uh, yeah, no. So I mean, I it's, it's, get this on is a thing where, roster. This is a thing we're looking at him. I, I don't know if he's really going to be a guy that really stands out yeah. and, and ends up making a name uh, in the NBA. But hey, Tony Carr, we'll see you again. Like you mentioned, if he sits, mm-hmm. hits the right system, I'm um, going to be interesting. Dave, I want to go to you. You have one of the Duke guys, Gary Trent Jr. Absolutely went off in the combine. Mm. Insane. Moved up draft boards. I had him at 42. I feel even dirty having him that low. Right. Um, I mean, Gary Trent Jr. Am was Am I the guy who had phenomenal. him the highest? Am I the only one that had him in the first round? I think so. Yeah. Um, but Gary Trent Jr. That's why we're talking about in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Gary Trent Jr. was was you know a really efficient player um, at, at Duke. 40% from three, 87% from the line. He showed that he can be a scorer. What do you like about him? I, I love his size plus his shooting ability. He is a guy who is 6'6", good size. The problem is that he doesn't really use that defensively. Offensively, he's a reluctant shooter, and that's what kills me. Is like if he had a more commanding presence on that team, he could do dirty things. And mm-hmm. I just don't know if it's a personality or a basketball IQ thing, or maybe it was just you know on that Duke team, he uh, his role was stand out by the three point line and take shots. But I think for a player of his size and his athleticism, he could be a much. He has a high upside. Defensively, he is terrible, though, yes. and that—that's sort of why you're, why I've got him going so far down. I think that there's always a a, a need for three-point shooting. He can do that. The problem is, you know, how much time does he have to be on the floor? How long until you get him to a point where he's not a net negative being out there because he can't play defense at an NBA level because he couldn't play it at a college level. Well, and I think the one thing too with with Gary Trent Jr. is is, and the reason why I have him going to the Grizzlies is because I have him going with Jalen Brunson. So Jalen Brunson and, and Gary Trent Jr. behind Mike Conley, mm. it's going to hide some of his his flaws. I think that's going to be the biggest thing is if you hide his flaws, I think he's really going to be able to shine. Yeah. He's going to take time to grow. He's 19. He's a that's young the, kid. Yeah. So I, I think it's one thing where, again, he was on a deep <coughs> team where he needed to be better. We, we, we thought so much of, you know, obviously Marvin Bagley who took the reins and went after mm-hmm. it. But Gary Trent Jr., he might be a slow burner and a guy that really develops late in his career. And at 41 uh, where I have the Grizzlies taking him, I think it's an absolute yeah. steal right there. Um, and and I, I really like Gary Trent. Had a really nice performance at the Combine. It's going to be interesting to see. And the one thing I want to mention is, like, people are like, I, I don't have Malik Newman at, at all mm-hmm. in my, uh, my, uh, my draft. We've gotten some comments um, about him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I remember we, we, you and I did a segment on the Primeside Podcast. Um, and I, I really shut it down because I, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be that great. Mm. And you look at the numbers that Gary Trent put up and you look at the numbers that uh, uh, Malik, Malik Newman, Newman put up, the, you're like, what's the difference? But the difference is age. 
And the other difference that I think stands out is size. 6'6". Six, yeah. six. He's an NBA guy. He's, he's, got, he's got the body to play in the NBA. Yeah. Malik Newman's 6'3". I think that's something that's really going to hold him back. Um, so I think the biggest thing with Gary Trent, young, 6'6". Six, six. He's got the body. Let's see what he can do on an NBA uh, offense. Another guy you want to talk about, though, I have him going to the Spurs um, as a drafting stash, but Isaac Bongo, we've talked about him before. Yep. An impressive kid. What do you like about him uh, translating into the NBA? Great size, good all-around ability. He's six nine with like a seven-something wingspan. It's not been officially measured, which is kind of annoying. But the point is, he is a big who can ball handle. Everybody's looking for next Giannis, next Ben Simmons, next point forward guy who can really just do everything you need to. Um, obviously, his shooting needs to come a long way. He's grown a little bit. He's been playing professional basketball for a couple of years now. On the upside, we've seen him grow every year downside it it's almost like confirmed like his shot is not going to get much better from the three-point line like he could top out at like a 33 34 percent kind of guy but that being said he's still a six nine primary ball handler who has good court vision who could be you know a potential good play like i know uh magic had like hopes of like was was that window like mm-hmm. a year ago like, oh, he's got the size, he's got decent handles, like maybe we can do something with him. Everyone's going to try to take a stab at a player like that. And with Isaac Bong, you get a player who you can keep him overseas, let him sit there, simmer, hopefully continue to grow and get better, and then bring him over mm-hmm. when you're ready and when he's ready. It's not somebody who needs to deliver day one. Well, and one guy that kind of fits that mold that I want to talk about, Cavs at 39, one of the picks they pick up from the 76ers, a guy that's going to need time to develop, and maybe it's a ton of a reach, probably shouldn't even be a, a pick mm-hmm. really <laughs> in, in, in this draft. How about Diallo? We all had him. We all have him in there. Yep. But he can't play basketball. But he's, no. he's a freak athlete. Yep. Um, had one of the best combines last year. He mm-hmm. came in, had a little bit worse of a combine. But, I mean, let's talk about Hamadou. We didn't see much from him in Kentucky, but he's still in the second round. He screams How- King's pick to me, and that's why I <laughs> Why is that? Because it's that's what they do. They draft guys who either people are low on and need a lot of development, or guys where it's like, wait, did they just draft Harry Giles? Did they know he blew out knees in the— in college, like this is what I they do. I think that do. one's going to work out like, for them. Like yeah. it, it works out, but they also make moves of wait. Did they just take Papa? Who? Who did they? Like this is what they do. They go. You know what? Yay needs to develop. Yay needs this. Who cares? We like him. We take him. That's why to me, they like Hamadou. Screams a king's pick. To my, me. my thing is with. The Cavs is you're taking Landry at, mm-hmm. at, at, at the pick before him, and then you're taking Hamadou. I mean, you're taking a guy in Landry who's going to be able to produce right away. Hamadou's going to sit on your bench for a while, but we saw them do that. I mean, they sat on CD for a while. They sat on um, they, they sat on Zizek for a while too. I mean, they, they they have young players that they can develop, and I think they're going to try that with Hamadou. Um, I think it's really just what team has the balls to take him because I mean, he's he's going to take a, a while. To, to, to go um, and to develop. So it's going to be interesting to see what Hamadou Didiela ends up doing. He's got a nice wingspan. He's got you know a, a lot of athleticism, but he can't play basketball. So it's going to take a lot of time in the G League to get him up to become a basketball player. So it's going to be super interesting to see how he develops. It's funny because he still player. put up double-digit points the majority of the games. He's mm-hmm. a good slasher. Like yeah. he, he is quick enough, athletic enough to get to the cup. but He can dunk. He need, yeah, he can dunk. He needs to get his shot better, though. I mean, it's just... It screams potential. Mm-hmm. It, it's just like you, you think if you can get one of those guys who is like a shot whisper to come in, work with him for a couple off seasons, he could be a legitimate, you know, wing out there mm-hmm. because he's got the size, he's got the frame. That's why the 76ers have a, you know, maybe not because of uh, faults, but 
um, you know, Embiid. <laughs> uh, maybe if they if they have the ability with those six picks, maybe they take him. Yeah. It'd be, it wouldn't be a sleeper. Or maybe the Rockets at forty seven. That forty six. Sorry, yeah. my, my uh, sheets messed up. It's always one behind. Thing, but forty six, they could they could possibly take a shot at him. And that's the thing I wonder. We're like, and I kind of like played into it with my mock draft was. The Rockets, will they be a team that goes, no, we don't need a second. We're going to try to move this and get a f- like future second. Maybe. Or, <clears throat> pardon me. And then like another team, like the Warriors, I'm getting choked up. I'll yeah. just talking for this yeah. one. How many did you have this guy? But crying? like I did the same exact thing they did last year. Jordan Bell, a guy who had great minutes, I'm going to say great minutes for him, for a second rounder yeah, in phenomenal. the finals. Like, why not do, like, could they be a team that does it again where, like, screw it, we'll throw cash at the 76ers to take one of their seconds and get a guy that we really want? Like, Mm -hmm. what kind of moves there are we going to see? Or, like, could we see a Pistons team that goes, well, we couldn't get into the first, let's see if we can do something to get another pick in the second so that we're not just left with one. One. What kind of move? This is the second round. We always see moves, but it's like. How many moves are we going to see in the second round, and what oh, playoff teams like, are going to do? I think about I think the average, or, or my guess mm-hmm. for the second round is there will be eleven moves. Okay, eleven moves made in that second round. I end up having what one? I two, wasn't going to count it for three, myself. Four, five, so I'm six, like, seven, I have like eight or nine. Yeah, I, I got lazy after the second. first round. I, I see more happening, but it's just like mm-hmm. I mean, it, not lazy, but it's just like. What teams are really going to attack? How do teams really think That's about the, the second round? How yeah. do they value it? Like the second round is going to be tough. It's just really what players I spent more time on my second than my first. So did that's, I. That's the thing. So did I. But it means like you got to perfectly craft it because exactly. we, we also haven't done a second rounder. Yeah, I mean, we've been this doing, is our first we, second. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing uh, all first rounders. Um, the other guy I want to talk about is Billy Preston. He ends up going to the Hornets at fifty-five. This is a kid that was supposed to go to Kansas. Um, I think he was a five-star recruit out of high school. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, left Kansas, then went overseas, had some back injuries, and he's come over. Um, but he's a guy that's got uh, comes in with six ten and a half with shoes on seven two wingspan. He's got a shot from the outside. Freak of nature, yep. freak athlete. Really, it's a question about his mentality and also a question about his health. But he's a guy that at fifty five for the Hornets could really make some noise. He could be a, a possible stretch four. He could be a three. I don't really know what where he is. Um, but he's going to be a three or four, and he's got the athleticism, and he's got a pretty decent shot, and he can attack the rim. So this is a guy that is very interesting. you got to watch out if you are an NBA team, if you're an NBA fan. I want to shout out my boy uh, Negro Damas, who keeps sending me videos on Twitter of Billy Preston working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, watch out for Billy Preston. I think the Hornets need some of that athleticism, need some of that, that, that punch in their lineup. They really don't have that right now. I think getting a guy like Billy Preston could possibly bring that well, uh, to like- their team. One guy, and I know that one of our patrons, Matt, is going to like this one, but to watch out for 6'8 small forward from Purdue, Vince Edwards. It's where is he going to fall in the second round? Can he shoot as well as he did from three? It was a 39 clip, almost 40 clip from beyond the arc. And what kind of a team takes a grab at him? Because he's a guy that averaged seven boards and, like I said, almost 40% from beyond the arc. And that's something that NBA teams might want to take a look at in the second round yeah for for me i've personally like my one weird guy that kind of stands out is keith jennings going late Mm -hmm. but he's an undersized guard incredible shooter though a from a small school so i personally am just like if there's an outside shot of somebody like my like isaiah thomas story that's the guy yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's 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 something that uh, the second round you're always going to have some of these great stories like come out and cultivate. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you said. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't. Listening. No, you're fine. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, let's recap. Let's let's go through. Uh, what shocked you? What surprised you? Uh, about the whole thing. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll be honest. What was the worst trade? What was the best trade? The four the four team trade mm-hmm. uh, was a bit yikes. But Dude. when he unraveled it, I think my only concern. Well, no, <laughs> I had many concerns. I had many concerns about that four team trade. I think the adding Hassan Whiteside kind of clogs up the Bucks uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, I think that you John know, Maker is an NBA player. Yeah, and John Henson isn't an NBA starter. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, like they almost looked best out there when they had Giannis playing the five on defense. That's times. true. Like him at the five worked for bits. Obviously, they need help, but the four team trade was was spicy. I'll give you mm-hmm. credit because that was a lot of work to try to tie all those ends together, and it did <laughs> it did provide solutions for every team. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you credit for that one. Nice. I think my big two two biggest what the fuck moments are both from Sean's draft as well. Oh, wow. Is Lonnie, I'm not, If well, I would have known, I would have hit well, him up. I got plenty for Ricky. Lonnie Walker, well, yeah, I'm expecting it. But, like, <laughs> Lonnie Walker, to me, like, should be higher than you had him. At least top 20. I, I laid that out. He's I know, 24. I know you laid it out, but, like... He's 24. I, he doesn't fit the teams before I would take cards. I looked at it, and I was like, that one shot so, me. So, look at my draft, and where is he going? Also... where well, No, look at my draft, and where should he be going? With me? Yeah. I have him go to the Nuggets. Okay, but I don't think he fits the Nuggets because I don't think they need a ball-dominant point guard that's going to take away from the shooters they have on the outside. He could also play the two. He's not just I don't a point think guard. he can play the two. He can play the two as well. I don't think he's a two because he can't shoot the damn if ball. If the Bucks didn't trade, would could they take him? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. It's not that I'm arguing. It's just it shocked me. Also, having Kyrie Thomas in the second round kind of made me go, what? I don't like him. I you don't know like you Kyrie love Thomas. Him. You don't like I, Eli Okobo. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that I don't like Eli. Okobo. I don't. Like I just Thomas. think he's going to be. You in put the him in the round. mid-second round, and I've got yeah. him like late lot. It's not that like, I don't late like lot, him. It's just late teens. I just don't like. I don't like. You know, Kyrie Thomas. I don't think he brings that much offensively. Not that much. He's just a guy with a long wingspan. That's it. Ooh, big deal. I think people he's fall in love with three that. and D. Deal much. Well, let's talk about well, one, one final thing. Is mm-hmm. is uh, I, I get three and D. But he's not that good of a three. Um, Especially <laughs> uh, a team like the Wolves, I don't think they're going to pass him up. Well, I think the Wolves would go with a guy in Bruce Brown's who's more of a 3 and D player. I think another guy... But Bruce is, Brown's not watching is, anybody's is, first is, anymore. No, that's why he's in second. And then Melvin mm-hmm. Frazier, who's more of a 3 and D player. Okay. So that's why the T-Wolves would go with that. Two guys I want to talk about that we didn't bring up. Uh, Costas Antetokounmpo, Giannis' yep. brother. Yeah, I didn't know if I should put Lonzo's him in the second brother, round. Liangelo. Yeah, Liangelo. <laughs> who's getting taken? If, if anyone's getting taken out of it, is it going to be Giannis' brother or is it going to be uh, Lonzo's brother? Giannis. Giannis's brother on the hopes yeah. that in like a couple of years Giannis wants to play with his brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Maybe. And the thing that like worried me the most is um most of the things I was hearing about the Leangelo workout from like all the different sources is it's like you looked at Leangelo after that workout and it's like he looked like a guy that just got done playing on your team at the Y. Like, that's how bad it kind of looked. Like, he just looked tired at the end of it. Yeah. Didn't I mean, really, really look gave like an NBA all. player. He yeah, tried. He just I didn't mean, look like an NBA player is what they're saying. I, I don't know. know. I think he still gets a look in the offseason from the Lakers. Oh, he'll get an undrafted yeah, look undrafted and be on a look. summer league. I just I think the craziest thing looking back on it is the fact that not only is are we going to set records uh, for most trades in the first round, we're going to do it in the first fucking seven picks for <laughs> Ricky's draft. Um, so I, I get shit on for, you know. Everybody's going to move Walker somewhere. Lonnie Walker 24, but I'm just we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna switch guys uh, up and down. Uh, anyways, the, yeah, uh, I mean Ricky, Ricky having Luca fall as far as he does, it's not it, too crazy. It pangs me. It's only he had because him of the before. trades. No seven, <laughs> seven. My bad. Yeah, it's so. only it, well. It's the thing that's going to make Luca fall is how many moves there are, and if teams are moving for other players, which just bounces them down. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. To see. Mm-hmm. We uh, we are right now. We are uh, twelve days away from the NBA draft. Let Excited. us know. 
what you think about our mock draft 6.0 and you guys are a VidCon maybe I'll, I'll put out a 7.0 real quick if things really shake yeah. up if trades happen uh, but for right now this is our final mock draft so let us know in the comments what you think don't forget to like don't forget to subscribe this is maybe a four hour podcast <laughs> I don't know this is insane but let us know let us give us some love down below don't forget to check out patreon.com slash most of podcast don't forget to check out most of podcast so you don't miss any of the stuff we post also check out our shop on most of podcast and if you're listening on iTunes don't forget to rate us five stars leave a nice comment as well um, and if you feel so gracious do it to the fast break do it for the onside kick do it for the prime track podcast Rick and Johnny and a graphic conversation but for Dave Oster for Ricky Wimmer I'm Sean Anderson. And I'll be painting my face purple when LeBron goes to uh, Los purple Angeles. And gold, baby. And it goes to the Lakers. Not. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.